a shame we lost all that that really deep talk about data encryption and security of your files. But I remember the gist of it. Shoot all my technology before I throw it out. That way also you'll kill it if it's Decepticon. That's right. What the f*** is going on down there? Hello, everybody. Welcome to WTF at TFW. I barely got the name of her own podcast out of my mouth. It's a good start. Aaron, hello. Hi. Welcome to episode 442. Oh, thanks. I'm happy to be here. Glad glad to have you. Glad to have you, too, TJ. 440-some attempts at that name, and we're still trying to hammer it out. Like, there's a lot of consonants in a row when you say WTF at TFW and try to say it really fast. Like, if I were still a contest-running kind of fella, I'd say let's run a contest where a listener has to say WTF at TFW eight times as fast as possible. And then, like, see who can do it. See who can keep going for the longest amount of time without stuttering. That's right. I mean, you know, okay, you know what, listeners, we have no prizes, but if you want to do it, please go ahead and share it in the thread, uh, you know, just for fun. Maybe try, maybe try doing something for fun and not for, for gain in this materialistic world we live in. We're going to talk about what we got this week later, <laughs> uh, but before we do that, we're going to talk about some, uh. So Transformers news. We got news bits. Um, this actually uh, is the main thing I really wanted to talk about because this is fresh translation of the Masterpiece Megatron article from Generations 2016. All hail Megatron. Uh, this is uh, basically illuminating a bunch of the uh, Masterpiece Megatron photos that we were all goggling over uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, there's some cool stuff in here, like the, the part in the design sketch where there's like a they're pointing right at his thighs and saying thighs should be seductive. And I was like, you know what? It's true. Megatron in G1 does have seductive thighs. Um, lots of neat info in here, though. What's what's also cool is in that, like, remember how when this came out, there's the, like, 7 or 12 picture thing of, like, here's how he transforms. And it's like, wow, it's step by step, and I still don't really know what's happening. Uh now, with full text descriptions telling me what's going on, I still am having a lot of trouble following it. But there, there's a cool tidbit in there that aside from the robot head, everything else on Megatron goes into the same position on the pistol mode as it did in the G1 toy. And that, that's a design touch I can appreciate. But, um, Aaron, did you get a chance to read through any of this? I have. Um, and a lot of neat points through it. I like that... Uh... <clears throat> they talk about how again it was a balance between like anime and toy of where you can put the gun barrel for the pistol mode you know it should be living at the back of the chest but we've got it set up so that it can swing around to the side like the toy did too mm-hmm. you know, have him shooting from the hip literally he should have done that in the cartoon at least once like, that would have been neat mm-hmm. and it also looks like so the the arm that's holding the pistol Knowing how big a pistol normally is, this is going to be, again, a large-scaled pistol mm-hmm. for for what an actual size, like, P-38 would be. Yes. Um, but I think that that will be neat because it will give the same kind of feel 
that it would like, you know, what you remember Megatron feeling like in your hand 25 years ago. Yeah. And I'm, I'm always of the opinion also that the scale of the gun should be the last thing to worry about. Uh, on as a, long as it's not like massive. It's I not, mean, if I can hold it in a hand, that's all I want to be able to do. And even if mm-hmm. it's like somewhat wide and like I'm not getting my fingers able to touch my thumb with what I'm holding, as long as I can right. hold it, you know, whatever. Like I spent three videos making fun of the long debate about whether or not things are properly scaled guns as toys. But it's it's like I've, I try my best to understand that that's important to to a number of people. But like I can't think of a good reason why I would care myself. Yeah. Um. And TJ, did you get a chance to check out these translations? Uh, yeah, I did. I didn't get to read through all of them once we got into like the designer sketches, but I read through what I could. All right, so yeah, most you were mostly checking out like the toy photos. Uh, the toy photos, a lot of little details about how it transforms, where they managed to get everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about the transformation? Like, I feel between this and seeing the final fan-made 3D render of what the transformation will probably look like. Uh, I'm feeling a touch more confident that this will be a nice toy to play with. It really, like, I think it depends on how all those shoulder joints feel. Um, Like, all the arm motion stuff. Because all the leg pieces, I can't imagine those would be unpleasant. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm reading through this, even with the translations, I still have no idea how this thing transforms. Seeing it in motion helps a lot. Uh, The the thing that's that's hard to, to follow, even in that animation, is that a whole bunch of stuff happens whereby his arms definitely go to where they go in pistol mode as the G1 toy did, but parts of his shoulders get left behind on the front of the gun. And I don't necessarily understand how, but like a whole lot of the back of his shoulder blades, like unseats from his actual arms and then spread, they spread across the gun. And I don't know. It, I, I really hope that the, the transformation feels good and fun. Uh, I do, because, like, having the high-res scans of it in the first place, you see that gun mode, and you see so many panel lines. I mean, it it looks like it's made of Lego brick. Yeah, and, like, it's helpful to me to know that, like, whatever it's doing, the legs are going to be the the handle, and the arms are going to be the butt of the, or, you know, the top back. Is that the butt? No, the butt's the handle. The the part with the thing you cock is going to be the arms. Hammer? (laughs) The hammer. Well, the hammer is the thing you cock. It is not the actual back section of the gun. Uh, you know, the you know the back bit that, that isn't the barrel but is silver. Listen, I know a lot about guns. All right, I'm a gun expert. <laughs> Talking about the slide, the thing that yeah, the thing you pull you back. pull back before yeah, you go okay. like we're gonna. I can't believe the same thing happens to the same guy twice. The Luger doesn't have a slide though. It's an old gun. Well, I mean, this is a space Luger. It could have a space slide. Space Luger. <laughs> space Luger, famous, famously used by space Nazis. I I also really like that you can leave the, the fusion cannon attached through the transformation. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... After... Because there's the two major third-party Megatrons that, are, that I actually own that I like. Uh, and, like, the one I like more, one of the only things about it that I like less than the other one is that you can't keep the fusion cannon attached. Because, like... I actually really wish you could have kept the stock and the silencer attached to somehow. Like, I still wish that. I remember back when they this first got revealed, I was like, I wonder somehow if they got those parts to integrate. And I'm not saying that would be easy, and I actually don't know how you could. 
but darn if that wouldn't have been super darn cool. Like, if that silencer just unfurled out of the pistol barrel. Uh, mm -hmm. There was something on here, actually, about transformation. Uh, it was in the design sketches. It seems pretty easy to miss. But the, the damaged chest plate, there's a note in there about making sure that it is, like, no, even though it's all mangled up, that it will still be something you can leave attached through transformation. So, like, you can leave the damaged head and chest on Megatron and still have him transform into a gun. Uh, I think that's, that's a, good. Yeah, it's a nice touch, you know? Like, there's probably no real gain from doing it. Like, you'll just have, like, one side of the gun is all munched up. But I like that that's, like, in the notes. Um, did you guys also see, like, we finally have, like, a super clear description of how the electronics work? Because uh, they're all in the fusion cannon. And so there's a button you push to set things off, and then there's a red switch that can go into three different positions. So either it makes an attack sound, or it cycles through six random pieces of dialogue, or it alternates between two types of transformation noises. That's a complicated sound box for that thing. Yeah, it's basically there's an A mode, a B mode, and a C mode. So there's a switch that you use to choose modes, and then just a button you push to set it off. We were talking on this podcast about how gimmicks work and how it should feel the noises and things they should make for that experience you want. And part of what we discussed mm -hmm. was, like, what if Megatron's cannon actually made his G1 noise? Yeah, like the, that particular Pashum kind of noise. Like, I'm trying to remember if the, the, if the Japanese G1 cartoon had the same uh, sound effects. Oh, man. Um, mm. So I, I, right off the top of my head, I want to say yes. But I have not watched enough Japanese G1 that wasn't the 86 movie to know for sure. Like, of you know, of the dubbed G1 cartoon, not like the Headmasters. I would imagine it was the same noise, but it's, I, I'm it's not sure. It's the same production company. All they would have had to change was the dub. Because I'm pretty sure I watched other language G1 episodes that still had all the same sound effects. So I, yeah, I, I bet you it's the right one. The the thing that I think people need to be ready for, because I saw this come up on Twitter, was someone like, "Oh, voice clips. Like, do you think that it's going to be Frank Welker, or do you think it's going to be like some <laughs> other guy?" And I'm like, "I think it's going to be some other guy. I think it's going to be the guy who voiced him in Japan." Uh, <laughs> as cool wait, as wait, that would wait. be, you're telling me you're telling me these masterpiece toys are pri primarily sold in Japan. As friggin' cool as it would be for them to slip Frank Welker in there. I, I, and you know what? I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's highly unlikely. Yeah. Because <laughs> there there is a veneration for the voice actors that Japan had in the, the Japanese fan community. So, like, yeah, it's it's probably going to be... I don't remember the gentleman's name now, but the guy who voiced Megatron, uh, who I know has been called out in other media when he's voiced other characters. I've seen people go, like, oh, it's the voice of G1 Japanese Megatron. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, probably, it's probably that fella. And he has, he has a pretty cool voice. I, I mostly want to know if they got him to record, like, new dialogue, if he's still alive, and I'm not sure if he is. Or if they, like, you know, if it's all going to be crackly, like an 80s, like, VHS bootleg. That's where they get the audio, not like they go back to the to Sunbow or whoever and say, hey, do you have this audio? They instead, hey, you have that copy that you watched, like, a million times as a kid, right, that we were watching for reference? <laughs> it's just, yeah. <laughs> And then it has the weird cut in the middle where there's like some somebody's like grade school hockey and then it comes back. Can we use that one? That would be kind of cool. 
<laughs> just some, someone at Takara just holding a microphone up to their TV speaker. So this, yeah. this, is, this is a slight tangent, but something I got this week is an unofficial toy that has a sound chip in its gun that plays like the Optimus Prime gun sound. And because mm -hmm. it's an unofficial toy and the, the, the clip loops until you, you toggle it off, mm -hmm. the way this, the clip starts and ends, you can kind of hear the vestiges of, oh, this was recorded right off an episode of G1. Like you can hear other, you can't hear specific like music or other sound effects, but you know, it's one of those loops where you can hear that something was on the front and the back. Right. And you're like, that's like, you know, it's not an official toy. So I'm like, that's kind of cute. Cause that's like, they, they bootlegged audio off a G1 episode and put it in a sound chip. And like, how often is that going to happen? Uh, mm -hmm. there, there's, so there's, there's some other stuff in here that I, uh, I don't remember like the specific wording, but I, I read it all when I was on the subway. Uh, and, and there were some things about the stance of this character, like they wanted him to have like a powerful, uh, I think they call it like a powerful stance or, you know, like a commanding stance. And in some of the mm -hmm. top photos where you see the, you know, the front rear side of the robot mode, you can see that arch in his back and how like, you know, there's the, the, the classic like power curve, the S curve to his body from, uh, mm -hmm. from his head to his toe. Um, that seeing that is getting me a lot more excited about this figure because, Seeing him from more than the front angle is also getting rid of that hiked up pants look that he has. If you just kind of stare at him directly from the front. Um, so, and, and them talking about like the range of posability they wanted to have, the fact that he's got a mobile waist joint uh, is is all really exciting stuff. And, and it's, it's also cool to see them calling out things like Masterpiece is expected to have a certain level of posability. So we have to build that into what's already... Uh, a somewhat miraculous toy for turning from this shape to this shape and mm -hmm. uh, also things about like the construction of the the abdomen to get that cartoon look but with a 3d feel how they're using all the different colored components layered on top of each other uh, i highly recommend people check out these translations if you have any interest in masterpiece toys because this is the kind of stuff that makes you appreciate high-end transforming robots beyond just owning them and i think that's really important uh is there anything else you guys uh, specifically wanted to call out from from the translations here? Um, not really. All right, there's a there's a there's a bit here about how the fusion cannon, like the forearm, can roll independently, so you can have the fusion cannon on the top or on the side. I don't mm -hmm. think that means his elbow joint is staying stationary. Like it looks to me like that's just a bicep swivel. But would that be a bicep swivel or maybe like a forearm? Like well, at, or uh, an arm after the elbow, maybe not necessarily like a cut in the forearm, but if you imagine just like a, a peg at the end of the elbow to be able to roll. If you look at every photo of him where the cannon's in front, uh, or if, sorry, not just photos, but the design pictures too, it looks like his elbow joint is bending inwards if the cannon is on top. So, okay. so far it looks like it's just an above the elbow swivel. I, I mean... I don't really mind because, like, I don't need his cannon on top and his elbow trying to fold up because it won't work. And that's the whole problem with Titans Return Galvatron in the first place. Yeah. So this is fine. Uh, this is just like, no, confirmed. You can rotate the bicep. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's actually a thing here saying he has elbows like Inferno. Um, so I guess that's the, the way that if I recall correctly, and he's not in front of me now. I remember Masterpiece Inferno's elbow bend I thought was kind of clever for how it sucked part of the joint into the forearm. Yeah, it kind of collapses the front part of the elbow into the forearm and it has the the false back elbow, so it looks stretched. Yeah, so it looks like they're going to be doing that for this Megatron, too. Um, 
Because according to the pictures, he's going to have beyond a 90 degree bend on a single hinge, which I, I love it when they can pull that off. Uh, like I, I like double hinges, but as long as I can, cr you know, curl the, the arm beyond 90 degrees, uh, then I feel like I'm really getting a high end toy. Uh, it's, it's when mm -hmm. it stops at 90, then I'm like, well, if I paid more than a hundred bucks for this, that's a bummer. Um, yeah, that, I'm, I'm not going to just dig through here and repeat stuff. Um, check it out if you want to have a look at it. Uh, and after that, let's, uh, let's do some new picture picks. Uh, TJ, is there anything, uh, Transformers wise that you really want to talk about from this last week? Uh, there's a few things coming up. We're starting to get movie stuff, aren't we? Yeah. I want to talk about all that. Real uh, exciting can, stuff. Yeah. We can talk about a little bit of it. All right. Between a little bit of it. Um, uh, the one I have up right now is the Shadow Spark Optimus Prime. Which apparently is going to be the first thing we get on the shelves. And he's the leader toy from two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you know that toy we released for the premiere of the last movie? We're making him for the premiere of this movie. Hooray. 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 But apparently this is our evil Optimus Prime. Well. Or our floating <laughs> in space dying Optimus Prime. However you, whichever one you want it to be. Yeah, the way they describe it just feels like, hey, remember visual elements from the trailer <laughs> we kind of stacked them on him i i'm kind of bummed out it's this toy again because i don't hate this this toy if it's the good leader toy because there's two leader toys from age of extinction but like i have the best version of it which is the armor knight one and that one barely is scraping by and like in 2017 that's not a toy i want anymore mm-hmm it's un it's unfortunate that, that it was this moment they pick, but like oh my, I, it's hard for me to like look away because they actually did try really hard on the paint job for this one. That's what makes me kind of frustrated because like the, it's good dirty paint. Oh yeah, like it looks. I'm just like, could you not? You you literally have released photos of a better looking Voyager that I would love to see in these colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this thing looks like it's been beaten through hell. Like this actually is the first time I've seen a Transformer toy from the movie. That kind of replicates how they look in the movie, where they all have little tiny nicks in their paint all over. Oh, yeah. where it looks like they're actually like wearing armor that's been through battle. I think a lot of it is a is a really strong illusion because most of the weathering is is the same color uh, at its core. But it's it is like on, if they can pull it off on a mass production level, that's it's really impressive. Mm -hmm. um, just God, why on this figure? <laughs> I, I'm not cost did we get a repaint of this one i'm sure we did we've gotten like four versions of this okay. one like there's the there's the american release then there's the japanese release which is different then the better japanese release which is the armor knight one well, i'm not counting japanese releases something like then japan released it again in nemesis colors with the armor knight remolds okay okay we're talking hasbro tell me how many times hasbro has made it okay i think once I think, unless he was in one of those multi-packs with a Grimlock from one of the retailers. This one uh, this one never got done as a Silver Knight, I don't think. The crappier one got done in Silver. It's, it's also, it's still, I keep forgetting that there was another leader, AoE Prime, that was worse that came out first. Like the first edition <laughs> one. Uh, uh. Anyway, yeah, the, no, the paint job, like, I, I, will not, I will not say anything bad about the paint job. Like, for a production toy, it looks darn good. I just wish it was on a different toy. Do we actually know if that's truly production, though? Um, there was a... Or is that hand-painted final? 
uh, it's, okay, it's hard to say because these were taken from Hong Kong Toy Fair and they're mixed in with pictures of, of like, you know, packaging photos. Right. But well, a, they did have the in-hand photos of it in package. I mean, it's in the box, like, looking yeah, like that way. It's a, it's a box sample, mm-hmm. so usually by the time the box is done, if I recall correctly, those usually aren't the hand-painted ones. So well, By the time they're printing up boxes and they're ready for production. Like, I, I would say that it'll probably look this good, but you might want to buy it in person just in case there's variants on some of that spackling. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I get the same kind of vibe I got from, like, Beast Hunters, where it's like, I know you're doing a really cool thing with the colors, but I need to see what mine's going to look like. And also, I just said, you know, you might want to buy it in person. I would also maybe say, maybe you just don't want to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's your money. Do whatever you want. Yeah, you know, we're not telling yeah. you to buy things. We're not telling you to not. I'm just saying, like, dude, if you if you if you've never bought this toy, let me tell you, there's a way better version. Because how much is this one again? The, he's uh, seventy bucks. Um, is, is he? Yeah. <laughs> according was... to according to uh, the the listing, approximate retail sixty nine ninety nine. Available in April twenty seventeen. I, I know, like the movie masterpieces were running that price. Movie right? masterpiece is eighty. Um, this guy says seventy. Uh. Maybe he'll be like. I, here's the thing: if he's over fifty, go go buy the Armor Knight Japanese version, and you get the best version of this mold. Because I, like, I don't think this one has those remolds, unless I'm missing something. It's hard to tell because the colors are so different. But like the Armor Knight version has like a a head that you can like transform the faceplate on and off of by ro- like you you flip the the forehead up and then rotate the face. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. Anyway. Paint the paint job is good, for sure. I mean, TJ, do you want to talk at all about the the masterpiece movie Bumblebee? Because he's a completely new mold. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that was the other one floating by. I decided to go easy and leave one for Aaron. But I mean, Aaron, do you, do you want to hit it, or do you have anything else? That uh, I I just would kind of say the two of them are lumped together. Yeah. All right. Uh, masterpiece. Right. Masterpiece size style. Because I don't know if these would come out as masterpieces in the U.S. or leaders. Because didn't they try to do that with the Bumblebee? Um, so there, there they was came a, out as the like in, bigger in than leaders in size, Japan, and then in Japan the, they just said a eh, masterpiece. In Japan, they did the leader Starscream and that like supreme sized gimmicky Bumblebee right. as masterpiece. Uh, this is U.S. released masterpiece. Yeah, it's okay. keeping the numbering for some reason. But it is because uh, it's a whole it's a fully new mold this time that is being built to be in a masterpiece movie line for ages eight and up. OK, uh, that's what I wasn't sure if. And I guess I I hadn't read the story if these were I mean, these are Hasbro, but were they Hasbro US or Hasbro? I mean, because it's at a Hong Kong toy fair. I think that there was a clarification. Some it's on the front page somewhere that, that I think Silver Optimus got. The, that the, okay. this masterpiece movie Bumblebee is like a full on thing. Like I think part of the reason why it was shown at the Hong Kong Toy and Games Fair is that's the first show of the year, and like you know these these are now going to be going on to Germany, and then after that New York. Right. Um, that was just the part I wasn't sure about in in glancing through front page stuff real quick of like you know because still Hasbro Asia will frequently do their own thing. Fully new toy but, though. Yeah. Well, still, I mean, if it's them playing with Takara, Tomy, and mm. letting the the uh, Western civilization rot 
As they should. Man. Um, the, the thing about this guy that... So there, me and Seth talked about this a bit last time. Uh, the thing that's been cleared up since then is it looks like to give him like a gun hand, it seems to just be a piece that clips on top of his forearm. Um, but it's still not clear if he has wrist swivels. I really am sure he does, but I've seen no actual evidence of it yet. This there's me plenty out. of space there for it. One of those there images is. looks like there's a, a gap that I'd expect on the backside of a mushroom peg right where his wrist is. Yep, that's what I'm hoping it is. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like every single photo of this, he's got gorilla arms going on and like, don't do this to me. They also have a stick jammed up his butt, so who knows? Well, I mean, he has it coming, right? Yeah. Um, DJ, are you uh, interested at all in this Bumblebee? Uh, I'm vaguely interested in it. At this point, like, there's part of me that really wants to just wash my hands of the movie toys in general. This is like an... This is almost like a new movie line, though. I know! And it goes back to, like, before the designs got overcomplicated. Yeah, this is like mm-hmm. you know, we were saying before, this is a Bumblebee where a piece of a car is his torso. Mm-hmm. An obvious piece of a car. See, because I can remember getting the Human Alliance one going, wow, this is one of the best Transformers I've ever picked up. Yeah. But the shine wore off just because I'm so tired of the design. Well, it didn't help that, like, the Human Alliance line bounced from being pseudo-movie masterpieces to not being pseudo-movie masterpieces. Well, the Bumblebee one was the first one out, and it was actually the, you know, for a long time, it was the best Bumblebee you could get. It might still be until this thing comes out. Yeah, it, it was mm-hmm. also the best of the Human Alliance line until, like, Jazz came out. Because it was like, alright, this Bumblebee's great! And then it was like, well, Sideswipe's not too great. Oh, the twins are not too great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here's Leadfoot. He gets one. Yeah, there's Leadfoot, and the, like, yeah, that was that stupid thing where it's like, there's two of the three Wreckers in every price point. And oh, the, God. And the, the, and the two... And they, they, and they never matched. Yeah. Either they got the either they got the NASCAR or the weaponized. And so they had two wreckers in Human Alliance, and like, like the green one was fine, but he wasn't on par with the Bumblebee. <laughs> it's from it's how well we remember them. The green one. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. Throat Buster. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure, he is. Respect, I'll, <laughs> respect the wreckers. I'll I'll give you that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But then, like, it was, like, Barricade was, like, Jazz and Barricade are the only other two Human Alliance ones I felt were even remotely close to the Bumblebee. Uh, Jazz was basically on par. Barricade was debatable, and Soundwave was just like Barricade. I thought he was on par, but you could argue he wasn't. So, I'm I'm, I'm excited to see, like, you know, I'm excited to see this also because I'm like, hey, maybe this is the movie thing Hasui was working on after Masterpiece. That'd be cool. Like if it has the feel of a Hasui masterpiece car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you want me to make you feel better? All right. Okay. So I'm taking a look at the official Bumblebee photo. Mm-hmm. And then I'm taking a look at the additional info photo where it actually shows the arm cannon. Yeah. And the wrist is clearly rotated. Okay. I might've, so I thought I looked at that before and I was like, I don't think that wrist is rotated. Send me, can you drop me a link? <laughs> Sure, I'm not I'll do saying the work I, for you. Fine. I'm not, I'm not saying I disagree. It's just I think I might have looked at this picture before. Oh, I didn't see this picture before. Is that? Oh God, you're right. Okay, yeah. This is the one and only picture of all of these stupid pictures we've gotten where his hand is pointed the right way. 
All right, I'm happy now. I'm into this toy. Let's do it. <laughs> Before, um, eh, maybe, maybe not. He can move his wrists. Ah, oh, I gotta get three. Listen, all hey. I want my toys to be able to do is bend at the elbow with their palms sideways. All right, like See, I'm not a. Something I've learned as a reviewer: everyone has their very own pet peeve, and yeah. it's a deal breaker and every that, time. That's my one. I, I don't even need ankle tilts. I just if I if I can't bend the elbows forward without the palms being up or something, then that that bothers me because I, then I'm out of poses. I'm like, I can't pose them. There's nothing for me to do. <laughs> I have two. Po if he has an arm cannon, I have a pose I can do. Um, so, so going off this movie masterpiece stuff, uh, what do you guys think about the like, I, I don't think they've really said anything about whether or not this Bumblebee is going to be on his own or not. But uh, I'd be kind of into it if he was like the start of like a little run of like, just we're going to take some movie characters and make these $80 price point masterpiece style toys out of them. Um, like, obviously not necessarily an Optimus Prime or anyone huge, but I think it would be cool to see a lot of movie designs uh, get this treatment. Uh, if only because like a lot of them in, in the toy lines, if they didn't come out in Revenge of the Fallen, you kind of had to deal with whatever they got. And a lot of the movie designs didn't come out in Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> they came out afterwards. So I don't know. Like, would you guys be into, like, Ironhide or Ratchet or anyone like this? They would have to be very good, I think, at this point. I've mm. I've bought so many slightly different iterations of these characters so many times that I I think that this may well be a line I sit out just due to saying you know like oh his forearm transforms a little bit differently oh boy yeah like they so well for the general movie toys i'm probably there with you because they've they've shown off what they're going to cost and i'm not mm -hmm. happy with it hey, that's a bummer because i'm also thinking about oh how's that going to translate to the canadian dollar but in like in the, at the masterpiece level part of me is thinking like i've never gotten a good barricade mm. i'd that's like the one design where like in the movie is like I really like the look of him, but every toy I've bought has not lived up to it. Did you ever get the the Dark of the Moon Deluxe? Um, I did. Okay. I can't remember what it was. There's something about just how boxy it got in the wrong spots. Yeah, because that's definitely the best barricade toy. Uh, but it's like kind of just average as a toy. I, just, I always liked it because I was like, oh, you, uh, for some reason, made a good deluxe barricade compared to that first movie one. Hooray. Because uh, I agree with you. I, I, And you know what? If they're doing Bumblebee, right? Movie one Bumblebee. If release two is not barricade, I'm going to th throw a chair at somebody. Well, if it ends up being movie one barricade, then it will actually have Frenzy in it, too. Yeah. Oh, God. Can you imagine? Like, just oh, yeah. Give me those as like, you know, do this, something like this Bumblebee that's barricade with a frenzy in him. Make him like another 10 bucks. I don't know. Like, at least give me like that first duo of cars from the first movie because then I get barricade and I, I actually don't care about Bumblebee. I just want barricade. Because uh, I'm, I'm I, I'm I'm tired of a lot of movie designs as far as buying constant repli like replicants of toys of them with slightly different engineering. But this Bumblebee is doing a whole lot unique when I look at him. Like, the mostly the structure of his lower legs seems to defy a lot of the conventions of a movie Bumblebee transformation. So, like, if this figure, like, feels really good and new and, like, a fresh thing, like, I, that, that would get me a, a whole lot interested in, in a, a few future movie masterpiece toys like this. 
Because it would also be nice for the movie Masterpiece line to, like, get an identity. Because, like you said, before, it was leader Starscream with different paint and then, like, the big gimmick Bumblebee. Was it the big? It was the big gimmick Bumblebee, right? Because I'm always forgetting okay, if it was him or the. Uh, there's the there's the ultimate Bumblebee that came out for the first movie and it was awful. Yeah. And then there was the kind of gimmicky one that had like, it had like 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 the gimmicked missile launcher arm, but in ro- it still transformed and looked like Bumblebee in robot mode. Yeah. I th- yeah, it, I think that was like a Revenge of the Fallen. It wasn't the Age of Extinction leader Bumblebee. No. Okay. It I, was not that one. This one I, is like this one was like the size of like uh, the Unicron trilogy Planet Formers. Okay. Okay. That, that was movie masterpiece, really. Yeah. God, I I always misremembered that as being the Age of Extinction leader toy because I actually I actually like that figure, uh, and so I, I just assumed that that was the because I, I didn't look super deep into this, but I always assumed that was the one. Um, anyway, there, we, we talked about the movies, everybody. I say that every time we do, but it's 2017. <laughs> uh, Aaron, have you got a new picture pick for me? I do just in time for, uh, my, um, masterpiece Optimus primal to show up and get delivered. Yeah. Uh, uh through Dinkei Hobby, we have a first look at the Supreme Commander Optimus Primal, which is more uh, anime, like I guess like the Beast Wars two anime. I mean, the, or like toy, yeah, um, colorations where it's a it's a brighter, poppier blue and red, and it like no longer has the fur effect. And instead is matte black, but then it also comes with the like mace club and a uh, the 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 uh, mutant head to put on the back of Primal's head and a twin version of the swords too. Oh yeah, and the doubled up sword. Yeah, uh, yeah. This this is a weird thing, and and I should say like I feel like the way it's being marketed by calling it the Supreme Commander, the Soshi Raycon version, it's like okay, that's kind of how the anime Beast Wars shows tended to treat Primal, which was always odd. Uh, if you look at him, mm-hmm. you know, in the American version of the show, but it is basically like the toy version masterpiece eyes because that looks a whole lot mm-hmm. different than, you know, the show version color wise. Right. Uh, I'm not sour about this. I feel OK I, about this. I'm I'm not either. I I feel all right about it. Um, there are a few things that I think would have been nice. But I think it's stuff like the I like the gray fingers and like that app over the end of the hands a little bit better yeah like the the way that it's Maybe. like a bunch of triangles is the way that like you know that's how it looks really anime right like it looks like hand-drawn um, fur but but it's definitely something that's that just comes down to the difference of like what's the styling of it yeah I mean, and with it being just styling and like i so i did not get the so what was it if you pre-ordered like the pre-order bonus was the banana crate and mace club uh, so yeah. the, the mace club and the banana crate was not this one it was just a die cast skull with spikes on it okay and it wasn't an accessory he could actually use okay so so it was just like a fancier different version of like the coin that happens yeah from time to time. It's, yeah it's just well, a trinket okay. yeah they did away with the coins a few releases ago or down to like little die cast tchotchkes yeah like, right. like Shockwave or some no, Inferno came with like just a tiny Optimus Prime robot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I I don't feel bad. Like that mace, I think would be the only thing out of this 
that I would be like potentially even jonesing for of like, oh, why doesn't the one I just got have this? Because I, mean, I like the I like the paint on the swords better than the all blue of yeah. the swords and like the mutant face would be a neat thing to have. I already have a face plate face. I already have the yelling monkey face. Well, and, the, and, those, and, and if, if you got those from this version, like they wouldn't even match the original because the, right. you know, the, the, the gorilla right. eyes are painted in a very animated style. Right. I'm just saying of the stuff that's packed in on this. Oh, yeah. It's just, for yeah. the equivalency of. But no, I'm I, I think that this sort of thing is another <clears throat> neat way to to get an additional run out of a mold that you wouldn't necessarily be able to because there's nothing else you can really do with this. So yeah, well, I mean, I mean, make an anime version, toy version. I was hoping for clear red because I like burning convoy. Oh, um, yeah. I'm hoping that e-hobby or someone that, does that. That'll, yeah, that'll be some e-hobby exclusive and then it'll just be arm, leg and left testy in order to get it. Yeah. But I mean, you look at the, you look at the photo of the side by side of the two robot modes standing next to each other. And it's like, this, mm-hmm. you know, they are so different. I'm like, these both satisfy a pair of very different desires. Uh, another reason I like this repaint is it leans so hard in the other direction. It's like, yeah, neither of these nullify the other one. It's just right. like, do you want one that looks like the CG cartoon or do you want one that looks like the old toy and that Beast Wars 2 movie mm-hmm. uh, to, to try to say like, oh, God, they ruined the first release. It's like, no, they didn't. Like, yeah. they're so different. <laughs> uh, also, I think I think that the gorilla mode on this new one looks a bit worse because the entire robot bicep is white. Thus, there's a little bit more white showing under the gorilla shoulder pad. <sighs> Uh, they yeah. ruined it. Um, sure. DJ, do you uh, are you thinking you might double dip on your primals? Um, probably not. For me, the differences aren't extreme enough, and I don't. I I never had the like original Optimus Primal as a kid, so my nostalgia lies in the show accurate rather than the toy accurate. Mm. Just kind of a. And I I mentioned before that we started recording. It was like it's it's kind of like not you know it's, it's it's the wrong way to describe it as toy accurate because you know i'll tell you the mold the the fur on there is completely painted on so if you're looking for if you're looking for a toy accurate gorilla he's gonna look shaved or he's gonna look mm-hmm. like a drawn gorilla like this is this is when you look at like the triangles and like the the really like hard edge divisions between the black and the gray, it's like it is more anime really than anything else. Oh yeah, I was actually looking up see if the anime design actually did have any kind of fur or anything kind of showing off of the model. Mm-hmm. Which no, it does not. At least not in the robot mode. So they're good there. Yeah. Um. So unfortunately, I have huge nostalgia for the original Primal toy because I had that when it came out, and it, and like it, I didn't know it was coming out until I saw it in a store. And I was like, oh, my God, they did the Gorilla Optimus. So, like, these these buttheads have completely got me. I'm like, I'm probably going to double dip on my primals. But you know what? There, there are a lot of toys I'd be upset to double dip on. This ain't one of them. It's a good toy. I'm okay to have two. Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me is if this is actually going to be the precedent set for what we're going to do with all these Beast Wars molds that are otherwise unreusable. I wonder, because, like... Optimus is the one CG show character who did the crossover into the animated into the I almost said the animated the uh, the animated series, um, mm-hmm. and he was he was brought in through a portal. Uh, Cheetor never appeared that way, and so like 
there's no like there's there's less of a precedent for him like i guess yeah. we'll see when he comes out right like yeah well it, it feels like something like okay he was in the anime so we're guaranteed to get away with this so let's lean hard into the toy design and see if there's a market for alternate versions that look more like the toys because mm-hmm. once you get into like Cheetor, you could do Shadow Panther, but that doesn't feel like a mainline release. Because uh, I think I think Shadow Panther is still on shelves somewhere. I don't know though. Like they might they might pull an exhaust with him and like do a different robot head or something. Oh yeah, well, yeah like able to go with a mutant head or something, trying to yeah like differentiate I, him. I wouldn't be against that. Now, it, it well it occurs to me because. There's option like for cheat for Cheetor, there is an option there, and you could go toy accurate as well. And there's an option, he's got plenty of decos in the toys, yeah. But once you get into like, what do you do with Megatron? Because your options on Megatron is you either do toy accurate, which is a huge visual difference, much mm. bigger than primal, or you do masterpiece T Rex and have nobody buy it. Mm-hmm. Those are your only options. God, if they did masterpiece T Rex though. I would buy it. I'd be the one. I always, I always liked the idea of the the Beast Machines Dinobots as characters. I was, I was kind of bummed out because I like the fiction that they got on their like toy packaging, of like Magmatron and T Rex and this ragtag band are like somewhere else on Cybertron resisting the machines. And I was like, I kind of want to watch that show. Uh, I was just realizing like Cheetor. They, I think that the obvious thing for him is to do him as Tigatron. Uh, that's a much bulkier cat. I know, but yeah, but depending like, on if all of that bulk stays outside of the transformation, and didn't then he you're also just reskinning it? Didn't he? Didn't his his tiger mode look about as de- deformed as Cheetor's cheetah okay, mode? Okay, not okay. Well, you got to remember the animation cheats a lot on things like that. Yeah, but like go like mm-hmm. the toy the toy just kind of mushed them together at the same size so they could just kind of get away with it but like cheetor's toy looks like a really like like that that is a swole cheetah yeah in the toy mm-hmm. form that beast like the I, i'm not sure the bulk or the mass is there to even retool cheetor into a tigatron and actually make it look like any kind of feasible tiger i don't uh, this thing though i don't think they need to they just need to make him look like the the mutant tiger from the show with like <laughs> I, I remember him having like the puffiest front paws and stuff and they it just looked very weird and like not very like the the most tiger-like thing about him was his head because that's the part that talked so like i don't <laughs> I know like that's how, i like that's how that's the that's the part well, it's like that's, that's the part. The part could... he gets it. That's what's most like a real tiger—the talking part. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, because he talks, right? So that's where all—that's where everyone's gonna look the most. So it's like, all right, make sure the tiger head looks like a tiger, because people are gonna look at that face all the time. But I don't know. Are they really gonna look at his hindquarters? Just make him cheetors, but puff a few parts. I don't know. I—I <laughs> I, I got a feeling like like that's not an unlikely thing to happen. Uh. I just think it takes so much remolding to that. Like, I could see the same engineering being used, but all the parts being different. Yeah, you know, good. We could do it. We'll see. I bet we'll know by the end of the year. Because that's like 12 months away. <laughs> the year just started. Uh, and it, I guess that's that's it for that piece. My only picture pick actually wasn't a picture. It was just that there is... Uh, 
another couple rounds. There, there are another couple rounds of those G1 audio recording tapes that have been uploaded. Um, and a lot of like the ones that I that have gone up most recently uh, have to do with episodes that Jetfire was in or Skyfire, except that these are from recordings where they were calling him Jetfire. So that's kind of cool. Uh, there's, there's also great stuff in these recordings. Like one of them is from the Dinobots debut episode. And so there's this part where it's just the three Dinobot voice actors doing Dinobot noises. And they're pretty funny to listen to in isolation. Uh, also Greg Berger is not really going for it when they're, when they're doing it. He's kind of just going like, but the guy who played snarl was just going nuts. Uh, some really good stuff in there. And there's also, um, one of the other episodes is fire in the sky. And so you get, you get to hear a bunch of jet fire and, and it's, it's neat hearing the, some of the things they're talking about in there. They got, I believe got cut. Cause there's a part where Megatron's talking about how like, Oh, that was before we had the, like we hit the last straw with the Autobots and declared war on them. And I'm like, that's a piece of backstory. That's an interesting notion. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure it doesn't really exist canonically, but, like, at one point, Megatron was going to imply that, like, Autobots and Decepticons weren't at war and were getting along on Cybertron. Uh, I rem- I, would, I listened to that part because I, re- I remember Fire in the Sky was, like, one of the three VHSs I had as a kid. Yeah. So I know the script and the lines of that inside and out. So when Megatron's going on, well, that must have been before our last falling out with the Autobots. And now here's another 30 seconds of dialogue mm-hmm. recapping the entire season and black backstory. Yeah. Like, thank you. We all know this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, these 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 uh, these audio postings are wonderful. Uh, they're there. It's been years since I've cared this much about the G1 cartoon. And, uh, and I, I highly recommend anyone, anyone who's a fan of Transformers, like check that stuff out. I mentioned it before. It's it's the first time we're getting to hear the G1 Megatron voice with no effects, so we can finally hear what the actual performance sounded like. Because uh, the thing that I think is so is so interesting is that what a lot of people were doing in their G1 Megatron impersonations, like half the stuff people were trying to do were effects that were added on. Like like it still is a really cool voice that I can't imagine doing for more than like an hour before blood would start coming out of my mouth, but. It's so cool to hear that voice with, like, zero effects just in the raw. Uh, you can hear a bit of Wally Berg, even direction. You can, it's all in isolation, so, you know, if you want something for your phone, you can get these isolated noises of Transformers going, uh, there's, there's at least, like, ten <laughs> minutes of that through all these, like, just, just actors going, and I'm like, hey, hang on, my mom is texting me. It's so good. I want every time I get a text from my mom, you hear Ironhide just going like, Ugh. <laughs> it's fantastic. So they better keep posting those. And then if they run out, then they better go f- find some more. Damn it. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm super into those right now. Um, check them out. Uh yeah, that's our new picture pick section. Unless there's anything else is there anything else about the, the, the audio postings you guys want to throw in, or shall we move on to listener questions? I think we're good to roll. Mm-hmm. Alright, I got us a little a little row of these things. I want to mention, because we got in, in in the episode 440 thread, there were two listener questions posted as replies in the thread. Uh I caught them, but like that's a way for me to lose track of your question like it's much better to send it to me uh through the website as a private message because then it sits there with a thing saying you have a private message 
and there's no way I can miss that as easily as like if I'm just clicking through a thread and I'm like, oh, someone put a question in here. Like if I'm on my phone and I see that, I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna forget about it for a little bit. Um, I'm gonna try not to, but it, it's just safer. Um, anyway, this first question comes in from Griff. It says greetings, Vangelis, Seth, Aaron, and that other guy, which I think now finally means we've all gotten shade thrown at us in a listener question in some way, um, shape or form. Uh, we're also called the founders of Wayne's True Fan Club. Uh, Griff says, I have more questions than you can shake a stick at, but I'll limit it to two for now. Question number one, what are your favorite colors and color combinations? It can be any number of colors. It doesn't have to be specific colors. General styles are fine. For instance, I'm very fond of very dark colors with bright accents. I'm also a big fan of tinted grays and off-whites. The shade of white or gray can make or break any figure. So, uh, I am a huge fan of cold palette myself. I love cold colors. I love blues. I love violets and purples. And I like it when they have, like, a, a dark color contrasting them or just, like, some silver picking stuff out. I love cold palettes. It's my favorite palette by far. Um, Aaron, what are your uh, color preferences? Oh. Like, that's always the thing that gets me about, like, favorite color. Because, like, for personal colors, I don't know. And it's kind of contextual, I, right? Like for yeah, it's it's all going to depend. Are you talking about what I want to wear in clothes, or is it what I want in like desktop color schemes, or what I want in a toy? Or let's see what you um, want in a toy. What I want in a toy? What character? Who are we talking about? Is it a good guy? Is it a bad guy? It's a robot. Does he have a classic color scheme? What's a what's a robot? Let's say you see a robot, right? What color is that robot got to be to just make you snap to attention and go like, oh, I want you. I want to put my hands on you. Um, okay. I don't know. <laughs> but what's a, what's a, what's a transformer <laughs> Again, that gets it's, you it's excited? All, it's all going it's, it's to depend. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at my desk and I have a whole splattering of color schemes. Like, Brainstorm draws my eye because that, like, turquoise color pops in the sea of everything else. But, like, so right. does Bisque. Yeah, so Aaron and loves orange and turquoise. turquoise. Yeah, okay. And you know what? Orange and teal, which is sort of like turquoise, are, you know, very often put up as opposing colors in a lot of color designs. So, Aaron, that just means you're into the whole orange and teal thing. Mm-hmm. I say, making a lot of assumptions. I've got an orange and teal toy on my desk right now. Well, d- good. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Um, It's a brick that makes noises. It's not a thing. Well, damn it. <laughs> I guess. Who is it? It's a block. Well, as long as he's got respectable canon. Um, <laughs> so, Aaron, yeah, it sounds like you're, when it comes to, like, trans, like, because I'm, I'm basing a lot of this question on just Transformers figures, but it sounds like there's not, like, a color scheme that's just going to make you instantly run to something. No. All right. Uh, TJ, do you have a color scheme or color palette that just really stokes you? Uh, there's a few that are guaranteed purchases for me if I see them, and it's going to be hard because one of them is an upcoming leader, mm-hmm. and that's one I want to hold off on until it gets the character it's meant to be. Um, one of my big things is uh, I'm, I'm kind of with Griffin. Like, I really like like black and silver color schemes with a hit of color. It's how like Scourge works really well. Um, like for me, it's like a bright hit of red, like mm-hmm. black, silver, and red. I think as well as color schemes, it's really hard to get wrong. I got a whole lot of Optimus Prime repaints for you. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've seen them. I've seen them. Um, just just as like a favorite color thing, I will always go to anything that's a nice shade of metallic green. Like, Glyos got a lot of my money doing two-tone green and yellow hits. Yeah, you, you, I noticed you, you got a thing for that green. Oh, I have several things for that green. Um... In a gen- in a more general like I tend to I tend to get drawn I find more to the warm color palettes which is in your your hot rod vicinity of you know you know reds and oranges yeah so the the opposite of where I'm coming from because I'm I'm a cold palette man all the way We're, we are we are opposing polars what do you feel about the color yellow as a primary color depends on how it's used okay. yellow can get obnoxiously bright. Because I don't know why, but I think I actually dislike primarily yellow things. Like, it takes a lot for me to like a toy that's mostly yellow, because for some reason I just find it uglier. I don't I don't like, like, a super bright yellow, like a hot shot yellow or some of the bumblebees that we have gotten, where, like, I determine it by if I can't tell what the details are because it's so bright, it's a yellow that's not going to work for me no matter what you do. If you if you tone it down to like a marigold kind of gold, yellow, I'm I'm with you. This even goes to clothing. Like I, I'll I'll wear whatever color as long as it ain't yellow. Like the idea of wearing a solid yellow shirt like makes me get upset. I'm like, don't make me do that. <laughs> I don't know why. I really dislike the color. Uh, man, we've got so we've got a swathe here. We've got me in the cold. We got TJ in the in the warm. And we've got Aaron in the whatever. Uh, yep. So the Canadians in the cold, the Floridians in the warm, and the guy who works on fake and I'm helicopters. Somewhere in between. Is, yeah. <laughs> no, they're entirely real helicopters. Uh huh. <laughs> Don't go throw an oxymoron like real helicopter on this podcast. Yeah. Thanks. 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 Uh, that brings us to question number the second, which is, quote, Over the years, FunPub has had a large number of character designs in their fiction based on existing toy molds that were never made into exclusives. Are there any particular that you wish would have been done? For me, it was most of the Beast Wars Uprising stuff. And he shared a bunch of uh, what those were going to be, like Rat Trap out of Prime Rumble, um, etc., etc. Uh, Magmatron out of Die Battles V2. That's cute. Uh, there's a few more listed here, but then he ends on Super Inazuma Click, which I can appreciate. Uh, so I have a definite answer here, but, um, Aaron, was there ever a fun pub idea that you wish had made it to the physical? Um, I do have to say that, uh, that, um, uh, the Beast Wars Galvatron 2 using the Optimus Prime mold, that looks pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, some of the others, I mean, they're interesting, uh, it doesn't have to be from this in, list. In, in that stuff, but man, I mean, I I know that I have seen a whole lot of like alternate ideas out of them that just couldn't hit, and they're again. I want to say with those, I think it would be more. I would be more excited with a very good theme that pulls everything together versus one-offs, because they did a very good job of coming up with one that looks really neat um there are none that are like really jumping to the forefront of my attention but i because i always think of like when they talk about yeah other stuff we wanted to do and then they said no because reasons and so then it just kind of dumps out of my head because that's not a thing that 
can happen. So why why worry about it? I've got I've got one that's right on the top of my head because I saw the pictures of it and I got almost like I was like, who told you this was a bad idea? Uh, and that was that was uh, something I'm going to talk about right after TJ. Was there any <laughs> uh, club or botcon concept you heard about that you kind of wish actually happened? God, there's so many like because it's not just like concepts they've come up with. It's all those background characters that are recast from other toys. Yeah, there's been so many of those. And I can remember seeing ones like that's such a good idea. And I've completely forgotten about them since I have no recollection of any of them like outside of the things that uh griff very conveniently listed off for us uh you know you know like out of that stuff like bighorn out of beast uh, beast hunters bulkhead is kind of brilliant Mm -hmm. uh springer works as dinobot i don't know why but he does like i could Mm -hmm. i could have gone for that uh, I, I was looking through, I was trying to find stuff, because I can remember, like, in Uprising and Wings of Honor, especially, there was so many background characters that were recasts, and I'm like, those would have been cool toys, I'm trying to remember them, I'm looking through names, and the only thing that draws my eye is the name Buffalo Dump. Yeah, baby. <laughs> hey, you've had those days. <laughs> because I'm 12, and I just giggle at the name, and apparently it was like a a concept toy that they ended up reusing for one of the uh, Wings of Honor comics. Yeah, no, I remember uh, the first time I heard that name really excited me, but I'm not 12. I can tell you I still a lot about buffalo dumps. I eat a lot of delivery food, and sometimes it's just bad. I need to cook more. That's my... I haven't cooked a whole lot in the last couple months. I need to get back to doing that. I have an unloved cast iron pan living in the oven. But uh, the big one for me, there was a BotCon where I, I saw, because Pete Sinclair was doing the thing where he was like, hey, look at these things I have on my computer with a bunch of people. And I caught sight of friggin', and I don't remember, I don't remember the specifics. All I remember was it was pitched, hey, what if we do a set that's the accelerators from Euro G1? You know, like not just Rapido, but like, you know, the, the all those brightly colored Autobot cars. And it looked awesome. And then it was like, yeah, but we didn't think anyone would care about this. And I was like, oh, let's find all the people who don't care and let's teach them to care. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I was saying, that's a place where I think they would be a whole lot better off aiming. To to find the oddball corners of stuff that like, you know, at least even if accelerators aren't your thing, you're going to be like, I appreciate that that deep cut. Yeah. Because I think there were, it feels like there were a lot of directions left on the table that could have been really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Rather than like, going back to Shattered Glass for the third time. Yeah, and doing like, like Shattered Glass characters don't need Shattered Glass toys. You know, like like mm-hmm. Shattered Glass Treadshot, who was like an Armada Sideswipe homage. Mm-hmm. I don't see a market for that. Like, well, we could do Accelerators or we can do... Uh, we or we we can do like machine wars. Well, I'm I'm sure right. the GI Joe Collectors Club appreciates all this info and, and insight and feedback. Uh, I'm not sure how they can apply it necessarily to the GI Joe Collectors Club, but they can definitely do their best. Um, I'll, I'll pass it along. I'm, I'm get, glad that you're it? the one in charge of that. Do you get it? Do you get it? Mm-hmm. It's a joke. 
because they don't do the Transformers Club anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. So I uh, hope that answered your questions, Grift. Grift. That's not your name. Your name is Griff. Um, my next question is from Blackhawk Omega. He says, hello, Evangelist and crew, semicolon. I recently got the reissued TMNT Rebel Tex, and while they might not be uh, enough to never buy a Ninja Turtle figure ever again, I feel like I at least don't have to buy any version of the Nick Turtles, which I also feel the new fig arts do for the original cartoon. Uh, my question is, have you ever gotten a figure that you felt was a perfect representation of a character that you didn't need to get any other figures of the character, Transformers or otherwise? I feel that Transformers are an obvious exception, since even with definitive quote-unquote lines like Masterpiece, each version of a character at least has a different transformation, and he is super right. Uh, me and Seth actually touched on a similar vein last episode about how when you talk about like duplicate purchases, to me, Transformers are kind of exempt from a lot of those discussions because all the different versions often transform differently. Um, Blackhawk Omega also says, I also think the Common Rider Shoto figures are perfect representations for me since they do so much at such a small scale and low price. I don't feel like I need fig arts of any of them unless I really like the character. And then he says, thank you. So, uh, TJ, have you ever gotten like what a figure where you were like, all right, I have the version of this character now. Like, I feel like I, I don't need to search anymore. Jeez, mm, I'm trying. I'm looking around, just trying to go. What has stood the test of time? Because there's so many things that have that new toy shine to them, and I don't know if a better version will ever come out. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the ones that are, I've had the opportunity to upgrade or and go. I don't think I need that. You know, and, and, I, I'm good with what I got. And I think it is really hard to make that call on Transformers for all the reasons mentioned before. Like, on tra- yeah, on Transformers, I do kind of find it's a subjective thing. Like, there, there are figures in my collection where I'm just like, you know, they're producing so much more clever stuff now. I don't, you know, I can, I can do away with the old one. Like, Perceptor and Cup, like, I was like, we're getting them in Titans Return, and they're a lot more G1 accurate. I can do away with the previous ones, and, I, and it's not going to hurt my feelings. But at the same time, I'm like, I've seen so many classic style optimus primes coming out but i still go back to the original classics one as my optimus prime because mm-hmm. for me that's everything mm-hmm. i want in like an optimus prime at that scale like it shows its age it doesn't have the articulation some of the new ones coming out do but it is everything i need it to be yeah yeah i mean like for me uh an easy one off the top of my head is sh figure arts common rider zo like that was my first common rider and it's one of the best SH Figure Arts Common Rider releases ever. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I got the perfect Zeto toy. I got my one major Common Rider. I'm real good. Same thing for SH Figure Arts Bruce Lee, even though they're doing another one. Because, you know, different outfit. Bruce Lee in that, you know, Enter the Dragon look with all those accessories and those head sculpts. I'm like, nah, yeah, I got my one real major Bruce Lee figure that I've always wanted. And I feel, yeah. like, satisfied now. So, like, th- those would easily be... Uh, two of my recent ones I, th- I think with figure arts especially with the newer ones now that they've gone to a more accurate design style i, th- I think i think that's real easy to find a definitive there if they made it in the last couple of years all right totally totally um but aaron what about you have you ever uh hit that just feeling of like yeah definitive like i finally found the one man a lot of what tj said kind of follows on um because yeah, I mean, frequently, especially when you have guys like Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Starscream, Megatron, that end up in every line every time because those are the touchstones. You end up with 
Yeah, that Classics Prime, I'd be hard-pressed to say a mainline Prime that's been better. Unless you want to jump to, like, you know, the Power Master Optimus Prime, which I'd kind of class as a different character at this point. Mm-hmm. But, man, <clears throat> with Inside Transformers, I don't know, I always want to see what the next engineering trick is. Yeah, like in Transformers. That's what makes it rough. In Transformers, it's like in certain lines, as like for certain universes, there are certainly some like animated Rodimus is like that's a perfect animated Rodimus. Yes. Yeah. But he's, not a, a, he's not a perfect Rodimus. He's just a perfect animated Rodimus. Right. He's better than the Titans Return Rodimus. He is. He's, actually, he's probably still <laughs> the best Rodimus toy ever released. <laughs> well, no, because you have Masterpiece. So like he said. Tilting my head slightly because I don't hate the masterpiece toy, but I think I still like the animated one I, more. This this is again where this is a yeah. very subjective thing about yeah. what is the definitive toy. So I think I think with Transformers, it's almost more like who's a character who's only going to get this one shot most probably, and like mm-hmm. did they hit it or not? And like even then, usually that's not in the official realm. It's like like for me, I just got Mastermind Creations Kultur, which is like their unofficial take on Tarn of the DJD. And it's real friggin' good. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of got my Tarn figure now. But mm-hmm. also, I kind of doubt he's going to come up in a toy line ever again anywhere. So, right. is is like, I mean, so I feel really... That, that makes it the definitive one by default? Yeah, it's, it's like, by Look, default he's definitive? Nobody's going to be dumb enough to make this <laughs> another one of these. It's like, by default so, uh... he's definitive, but also the figure makes me feel so satisfied. I'm like, I'm happy with this. Like, I feel like they hit it on this one. It's like, no, I'm glad. If this is the mm-hmm. one time someone's going to do a tarn in production plastic, then thank goodness it turned out this well. Like, I don't feel like I want someone else to take another shot at it. So... Like, for Transformers, to me, that's the definitive thing. Like, a character who's probably not going to come out again for five or six years, like, did they hit it or not? Or is it just like, okay, I got this character, I'm going to put him on the shelf. Yeah. So it's a weird question. And it's a question, like, I. this is a question that, like, you see people answer a lot in, in, uh, in, in toy discussion threads. But it's often under under these like halfways blinders of like no this is definitive because it's the one I want, and like you know kinda, yeah. it kind of proves our yeah. point. It's like yeah, there's so many different kinds of Transformers collectors now because there's so many different kinds of product, uh, official and otherwise. Like I'm I remain amazed that it's all still able to at least give the illusion of sustaining itself. Um. Anyway, I hope that answered the question. Uh, I'm also jealous of Blackhawk Omega because I really want those Ninja Turtle Rebel techs, but I don't want to actually pay money for them because they're so expensive. <laughs> but they look so good. Um, that's the problem with Ninja Turtles. Like, even the Fig Arts. Like, I messed with the Fig Arts Don- uh, Donatello, Aaron, that, that uh, yeah. Alfie got. I'm that like, I had? Yeah. And I was like, this is a good figure. But, mm-hmm. God, it's expensive, and I don't want to buy it, buy yeah. it four times. There's right. got to be something to the licensing on that that just makes it cost a fortune. Well, no, I mean, the Fig Arts ones, you're getting your money's worth. They're die cast from the knees down. Yeah. Like, they're dead friggin' solid toys. Right, uh, and with that, with, that, with that die cast knees down, you can put them in some pretty extreme poses, and it holds it. And it's just like you, you, you set the pose, you get the two the the feet flat and then it's done it's not like you got to fidget with other things 
because okay. it's, di- it's 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 the the joints out of figure arts plus that much die cast in it. It just does it. Okay, addendum to the previous question. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you can. It's easy to find a definitive version if you can't afford the actual definitive version. Yes, I have two. <laughs> yeah, I have classics Ninja Turtles. It's good enough for me because I don't want to spend sixty bucks a turtle. <laughs> Well, and then, and then you, man, like diamond distributing to Canada on the Fig Arts Ninja Turtles is the most depressing thing because uh, at a comic store, I saw them. So that's diamond distributing or bluefin. Someone getting it to a comic store, 110 Canadian plus tax per turtle. Oh, mm. I'm like, I can't do it, man. No, that is <laughs> not that is not a price. So it might well, I mean, be that, is, to, that is a price, but yeah, it might be cheaper to mutate your own turtles. I mean, that, you can get them cheaper than that online, but then it, not like much cheaper because it's it's still over 60 bucks a turtle. And it's like, yeah, like they're good toys. But like and I feel weird only having like one or two turtles. So turtles are they're always going to going to flummox me because all the really good the, turtles. The toys, thing is, the other two are hiding. You have all four of them. Oh, because they're ninjas. Uh huh. Man, you're clever. That's why you work on helicopters. Uh huh. <laughs> Ninja helicopters. <laughs> um, we've also got a question from Requiem Prime, uh, who says, "Hello, Evangelist and the gang. The inspiration for this question isn't Transformers, but actually your talk of four inchinal Mega Man exe. I really like it, but the thing is, I messed with their classic Mega Man first, and he was so meh." That XA was super elevated in my eyes. As time passed, I have come to see his faults, a lot of them owing to squeezing what they could out of that size. But for that first week or two, he was goddamn amazing. Has it ever happened to you? Has encountering a poor toy only made your introduction to something better feel great, even if it was merely all right? I totally have this story. Um, but I'm not going to go first. Aaron, have you ever had that happen to you? Where you got, like, one toy where you're like, man, this sucks. And you got, like, a similar one. And then it's like, well, in comparison, this is amazing. I'm sure I have. I know I've had a case of that recently, but I can't lock it down. Oh, I can't even think of what it would be. Uh, I was like, oh, what has Aaron gotten lately? But I'm like, I don't. It's all mushing together. My yeah. memory is no good. Because <laughs> um, I can't think, like, out of Titan's Return, I've only been disappointed out of one or two things. And that's been later. Um, yeah, I, I do know that it has happened to me before where I've gotten one thing out of the line and been like, wow, really? This is what everybody was talking about. Okay, fine. And then followed up maybe a month later and went like, holy crap. I wanted, what, why, I wanted, did, why did nobody tell me about this? And then I go back and I compare it to other stuff and it's like, okay, it's all right. But that the first one set the expectation bar so low that. I feel like Wheelie did that to you. I really distinctly remember you coming off of Wheelie. Wheelie was really rough. But you came, I can't Um, remember what you came into from Wheelie where you you had the, that thing happen, like that whiplash. Yeah. I remember it happened too. God. I don't know. I have too many damn toys. I know. You know, it's from. Yes, but no, you know, you you (laughs) you can, you can still move around your house. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's getting there. You can still move across the room. It's fine. Uh, it's, do you got stilts? Yeah, that's how I move across okay. the room. You can okay. still open okay. your yeah, door. Then we're, good. we're good then. Yeah. Like, to outside? Yes. Yeah, yeah, the door. That's the only door that matters. Every other door is just... A, what's the point of a door inside your own home other than for show anyway, right? Yeah, and, and for pooping without dogs looking at you. 
Well, I mean, the dogs are just trying to be, they want to be cool. They want to hang out with you. Not a good time to hang out. <laughs> um, TJ, have you ever had that happen to you? Like the, the whiplash effect? Uh, the Armada line. Like coming off of that into Energon? No, even within line. Because you go, because, oh. f- well, you go, f- well, you go from like continual releases where it's like, uh, like Hotshot to Sideswipe to Smokescreen to Scavenger. And like, and even on like, larger toys like megatron and tidal wave and i really like tidal wave as a toy but like on a on an action figure level i mean it's a really big toy to be such a brick so you have all these things where they're okay but they're not hitting anything like they're not excelling at any point and then we get to like hoist Mm. who like in retrospect is a decent toy he's cobbled a whole bunch into his right arm to make everything else decent and you know of course it doesn't stand up to today where the articulation's a lot better but at the time it was like this toy's amazing yeah like, for what i've been getting for the last six months this one is awesome or that that, that trio of race car minicons where it's like their gimmick was mm-hmm. they have basic articulation well even then it's like yeah it's like okay here's a bunch here's three okay here's three a uh, little uh, like here's a skateboard a bicycle and a scooter um sure okay like here's three tiny cars that aren't as good as the cars we're selling at bigger price points okay and then they go here's transforming target masters with vehicle modes yeah and like that's so much better why didn't i get those before oh yeah I, I, i've got a i've got a black hawk no not a black hawk a blackbird that turns into a arm claw like wolverine and the stealth mm-hmm. bomber throwing star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I messed with like, those uh, last year for the first time in years, and I was like, I forgot that these two teams of Minicons were, like, the kings. Mm-hmm. Like, the, there was the police ones with the police, like, the weird police car with the weird asymmetrical transformations, but, like, he turned into, like, this gun that kind of worked. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good toy. Um... I think I think in that period that a lot of that happened because I mean Bendy Prime is almost like the exact moment in our motto when a lot of people had that whiplash happen because it's right. like oh he's got ball joints <laughs> what perfect dark toy. technology is this what's it? his knee bends in the middle what do you call that this is perfect a, a knee toy of the year <laughs> toy of the year <laughs> uh, it's why we call him Bendy Prime because compared to everything else he was remember when we mm-hmm. had to explain that to Crin. Yeah. <laughs> that made me feel really stupid all of a sudden when I was like, you know, when you explain Bendy Prime in 2016, you sound like a lunatic. Well, that was who was that? I think that was a giant bomb cast or maybe a beast cast where somebody had wrote in, like, explain what a Metroidvania game is. Explain yeah. what, a, you know, what all of these various names are. And then you're like, well, you see, it comes about because it was this time and then you did this thing and then it was like metroid and castlevania so yeah i don't know or like what what constitutes a role-playing game versus any other game where you're also inhabiting a role Mm -hmm. yeah what yeah how how do you separate a role-playing game from a doom clone and if and if you're telling this to someone who does not have any you know, who's not set in the same tent as you, do you sound insane right. when you try to explain it? It's like, often you right. do. 
Yeah. Well, if you're not playing games normally, you know, you would think like, okay, well, in every game you play a role. So why is role-playing game a thing? Or what makes a game mm -hmm. not an adventure as opposed to a game that is an adventure? Right. Like, is not Doom an adventure? Yeah. You're going through literal hell. Well, <laughs> right. there's a difference between trying to explain why uh, Final Fantasy and Fallout are both RPGs. Oh, especially now. Like, that, that came up in Giant Bomb, I remember, where they're like, also, now every, all the lines have blurred so much that, like, you're appending words to things and it makes you sound even more insane. Mm -hmm. Where you're like, yeah, it's an R it's an RPG shooter. <laughs> it's like, excuse me? And it's like, I, I know what that means, but especially if you Wait, just explained now, is, all that. Is it, is, it, is it a roguelike? Oh, that's, <laughs> because... that's the, yeah. Because <laughs> it resembles this whole game called Rogue. Uh, isn't there like a uh, Massacore? Massacore is still my favorite one because it's hardcore uh, but masochistic. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, go going back to the question, my own answer is the Mezco Mortal Kombat figures. Uh, I don't think I overstated their quality too much, but I certainly loved them immensely when they first came out, mostly because the 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 previous license holder for Mortal Kombat for years had been putting out trash garbage. And so, like, this change of pace was incredible. Uh, as months passed on, and especially when the line died after, like, two waves, I was like, all right, these are not, like, game-changing action figures. Part of the reason why they're good is because I also am able to get them for, like, under 20 Canadian apiece. And so, like, their price <laughs> is overshadowing, you know, the faults that I'm finding. But, man... They were they were so good when they came out. Like just man, someone else is doing Mortal Kombat. The the necks are lining up with the shoulders, and Raiden doesn't look like a mutant. I'm so pleased. His hat comes off. Uh. Anyway, I think that does it for our listener question section. So uh, thank you all for sending those in. Um, we're gonna do some what we got this week, and I want to do what we did before. I'm I'm. I don't even know where that came from, but like this whole thing of like passing the the mic around and just talking about a toy at a time feels so so reinvigorating to this whole section. So I kind of want to do it again. Um, All right. Let's start off with uh, with on topic stuff. Uh, Aaron, you said you got it, a, a transformer this week. I got quite a few Transformers this week between uh, finding some legends and a big bad toy loot box coming in. All right, I'll get, um, kick me but off. But I'm going to talk about the thing that has nothing to do with that. All and right. I got some repro labels. Tell me that about I talked your... about ordering on the last one. Tell me about your repro labels. Uh, I got the Penny Brainstorm set, and I got the Soundwave set, and I got the Masterpiece Hot Rod set. Woo! And you um, have applied two of them. I have applied. Soundwave and Brainstorm, and on both of them, I don't like the holographic stickers. Mm -hmm. So both of them came with, um, well, for for Brainstorm, he came with a sheet of like these holo, what what do they call them? The Cyberfire or something? Cyberglow, Cyberglow sheets, and then like alternate colors. And uh, so I started Brainstorm out with the the cyber glow sheets and about halfway through was just looking at it like no all of this like super color uh crazy color plus um 
hive format cell stuff. Okay, let's go ahead and undo that. Holographic so honeycomb. Yeah, so. holographic honeycombs. And so I ended up taking all of them off and then putting on the, the turquoise uh, stickers. Mm-hmm. And for Brainstorm, world's a difference. Um, I think their penny penny for that ends in like 30 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, so but it's, it's going it's to end that, up costing get like... That, get that if you can. It's going to be... I think that after it's a penny, it's going to be like seven or eight bucks. Yeah. I If you like Brainstorm... I would say that it is a definitive improvement for him because there's just a lot of space where it could use detail or coloring, and it really does a good job of bringing him up. And um, uh, I want to I want to throw out because we talked about this before, but I, in case we have listeners who don't really do the repro labels thing, uh, in Titans Return, repro labels introduced this whole like holographic honeycomb aesthetic for their first like five or six sets, and a lot of people, a lot of people, not a hundred percent because I looked, but very close to 90 something percent were like it'd be nice to have a non-holographic option and so for those sets that came out beforehand which is like power master prime hard head scourge skull cruncher and cerebros i believe and then maybe one or two others blur i think as well that looked uh, looked like about it they they put out this cyber glow reduction amendment sheet which is a five dollar sheet that gave non-holographic options for all the holographic stickers on those toys and from then on every titan's return sticker release they're doing has holographic and then non-holographic options all bundled together so that's that's the story on that so it was a weird part Um, of last year in the repro labels community yeah and it, it definitely is something that's that's interesting and i could see like if it was a little bit more constrained um might not be a bad thing and i could see myself getting those amendment labels just for it um for what's on them because i'm trying to look at skull cruncher he looks like it may only be that cyber glow on all of his stickers but i think the uh um, the the titan master little circle stickers don't get replicated on it but that's that's about it yes they do that's what they came in on both of these they came in on that sticker sheet I mean, on the amendment sheet. Oh, you're sheet. saying doesn't get ri- on the amendment sheet. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so but, speaking of the holographic stickers, you were, t- you were telling me about Soundwave as well. Yeah, so Soundwave, the place that I did use his. So first off, the the part that's the coolest, it was the first of the textured ones that I put on. So for the front of his alt mode, he has the textured sticker uh, for the grill of the boombox. And that is super cool technology that is really neat um that like definitely elevates them um the 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 things that i had issue with because i'm going to do the positive negative positive thing here um were so for the like even when you go and you look at the the website for it and you look up and you go click uh, click on the the pictures to take a look at the pictures. It has detail lines running over to all the all of the stickers that you're putting on there and no numbers. Yep. So for some of them, it's pretty clear what goes where. But when it comes to the chest surround so that you can have that be solid blue, there are a bunch of stickers that look exactly the same or very similar. And it's up to you to figure out, is this the left hand side or the right hand side? Oh, it has a notch for where the the locking tab is, so this has got to be the right-hand side, and I'm going to assume that the A and B are on the same side. Um, 
that I guess now they've gotten better about having um, label descriptors. It's on, somewhat, on their, rec- somewhat their recently. Uh, last uh, when I say recently, it's like last couple or three or four months recently. I'm not. I'm not actually mm-hmm. sure when. I just I remember realizing after it started. I was like, wait. This is new. Is they have right. actually started numbering their stickers, and if it's an option sticker, it's an it's a number letter thing. Right. Uh, I I believe the nature of how they produce their stuff precludes adding all this retroactively to their older sets, which is a huge bummer. Right. But it's a good change nonetheless. Because yeah, I I did the Generations Metroplex Repro Labels sheet. That's like thirty dollars of stickers with no numbered directions. Yes. Just this is where um, they, sound, most of them sound go. Waves, sound wave sticker sheet does have numbers on it. Oh, so oh yeah, you're so, right. You're right. So it's a case of where I was looking at it and then looking at this on my tablet and then going over like, well, maybe it's it's acting weird because it's on iOS on a phone and not on Windows or something. And then I open it up on my computer. I'm like, nope, it just isn't there. Uh, so there are a few cases where I really had to like suss out um where things should really be going. And this this isn't um, this isn't helpful now, but if anyone listening in future hits this problem, I've noticed on the Repro Labels group on Facebook, one of the most common postings there is someone saying, So I applied all the stickers except these ones and a photo of what's left on the sheet. And I'm basically mm-hmm. going like, where do I put these? And usually Repro Label staff answer pretty fast. So yeah. That is a that is a way to solve this problem, uh, not the most optimal way, but I've seen it happen enough times that it seems to just be the way right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but where I will throw back to a compliment at the end, the the place where the Cyberglow stickers do turn out well is for his base mode. Um, like one side of his base mode they have as a space bridge, the other side they have as a dance party. That disco floor with the Cyberglow is awesome. Yeah, I like that a um, lot. It it gives that base mode more life, I think, than than what it had before. Um, I didn't put the stickers on the back of the arm because that's a place where the kind of I guess we got to have a third mode thing would really impact into uh, alt mode or or robot mode. So that kind of was a, a pass for me on that. It's but like a, again, you, it's if, a nice thing about sticker sheets. You can choose not to put them on there, and it's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah, th- those stickers are like if you sneak up behind Soundwave in robot mode, you're going to go like, wait, that's upside. What does that say? That's upside down. Welcome to Dance Tron. It's like, yo, Soundwave, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> what are you getting up to? Because uh, yeah. I think that's that's the one conceit. Is like I like I like a lot about that that dance floor stuff in the base mode, just in <laughs> general, turning it into like a nightclub. But that comes with the thing of like being cool with Soundwave's base mode being turned into a nightclub. Uh, right. That's, it's, it's, because it, I, I would probably Maybe never use it. Maybe that's what all the cassettes are doing inside of his chest. Yeah. That's what all the Titan Masters do when they're not heads. Uh, like, I, I, I like that conceit a lot, but, like, I totally, I have no way of selling someone on the idea if they're like, but I think it's dumb to have the base mode be a dance club. It's like, yeah, well, you know, I think it's dumb when you dr- you, you drink your coffee out of that glass and then I just walk away. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I didn't know that the uh, the blue border stuff for the cassette deck was so hard to apply. Uh, that's a bummer to hear. Cause I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have to do it myself. I, it I, is eight separate stickers. God, okay. For the inside and outside, like, notch. 
because it has the like the detail line that runs around it. Yeah. And actually, the other thing that I've done is I put the um, the like semi-transparent blue over top of the chest, and I've not put another sticker on over top of that. And I kind of like the the Decepticon Tampo behind that look better than if I stickered the rest of it up. And mm-hmm. the trim that's on there now is just fine. I don't need to toss the gold trim on top of it um, because that it's detailed out as the two separate lines. So, But it's definitely a case of where mixing and matching on it, again, these are additional stickers. And in some places I have you know, two sets of other stickers I can use for a thing. So it's not the end of the world. Um, I think tomorrow it may be uh, putting on the... Um, hot rod stickers and again i'm not sure exactly what all of those i'm going to put on him because you know i i want to do some of the the detail fill ins but like i don't think i want to toss a super metallic chest plate on him just to get like basically kind of the trim line and slightly different flames yeah um i did a v-build putting those stickers on and i did all the stickers just for the sake of recording everything Mm-hmm. If you want to like just look ahead to see what some stuff might look like in comparison to other stuff, just go check that out. Right, right. Because I want to do his his shin arrows for sure. Mm-hmm. I, the tires are good, and I think some of the other because some of them was like filling in around the the waist plate, and that definitely needs needed. But yeah, beyond it, that, I'd I'd need to dig out the box to get his saw if I wanted to put the saw don't, blades don't, on. Don't bother. That that sticker was the worst yeah. part of the set for me. Like it, <laughs> it, it feels like it was meant because because the saw blade is like a tilted disc, and mm-hmm. the sticker was cut in a way that's trying to account for that. But in in execution, I found it just went on looking kind of crooked. What and, making a a, a two dimensional plane work on a three dimensional surface doesn't work easily. Yeah, and they they tried. Welcome but, to what cartographers have been doing since time immemorial. Well, I'm not a cartographer. I don't do go kart racing, but I respect the people who do. Uh, I hate you. I know, but I, I remember the saw blade sticker was a lot of trouble to apply, and the end result is what happens if you try to make a saw blade look serrated by just coloring black around the edge. Uh, mm-hmm. It just doesn't. I, I don't find it really works. Um, also, the bicep toy style details I found really added very little. Um, but as someone who didn't think he would like them, those things you want to put, like the you know the arrows on the boots that you want to put on, were mm-hmm. probably the best toy style detail in that set. Like I actually mm-hmm. was, I was gonna rip them off, but then after I put them on, I was like, okay, I'll leave these. These actually look pretty cool. Uh, tire stickers, those those things are neat. Yeah, that's the one thing I'm still not sure about is it looks like the tolerances are really tight on the front tires with the way that it's tucked up into everything. It still worked on. I, I'll double check. I'm pretty sure because I, I was worried about that, too. But I believe mm-hmm. that it's it, it's uh, it doesn't interfere uh, with with any of the, the transformation or anything. OK, I was I was just a little bit concerned about rub. But I'd seen enough people say, like, these are awesome. Every, every Everybody should get them that I was trusting enough. The tricky part is when you apply them is because uh, if I recall correctly, because it's tight up there, you kind of have to feed it in. Mm-hmm. And like you got to got to be prepared for the tire thing to not necessarily line up perfectly when you're done because you can't see it all the way around. I think on mm-hmm. their site, there was there was a tire sticker where they recommended unscrewing something to get full clearance. It's in the directions on on the website. I can't remember now. 
Okay. But uh, I'm, I'm glad you got those Soundwave stickers working, because I, I can't even fathom owning that toy without the blue on the cassette deck. Not at all. I'm thinking about it now. I just mm -hmm. feel sick to my stomach. It's not my pad thai. My pad thai is delicious. Uh, found a great place in town that does really inexpensive and good delivery Thai food. And I didn't know I liked Thai food this much until I ordered it twice in a row. But that aside, that's off topic. Um, mm -hmm. Let's pass over to uh, TJ. Do you have any Transformers acquisitions uh, to talk about? And would you like to talk about one of them right now? Um, I think I would. Um, I got some heavy things, but I would start off with a straggler from Christmas, which is the uh, large and uh, Transformers Adventures Optimus Prime. So you, I must just say that's that's not that's still a heavy thing. That's a heavy straggler. That's a heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that that'll show you what's coming up. Oh boy. Um, yeah, I saw your Twitter picture uh, postings about that guy. That's a toy I. I I don't think I'm going to go back for him, but I don't think I would have been unhappy if I didn't end up getting them. No, no, it's 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 an interesting toy to me because it's so it's so laden with gimmicks. Mm -hmm. But the toy doesn't really suffer for them in any way. I remember at a glance, it looked like the only thing that he was losing was the insides of his legs. And like, mm -hmm. that was it. Yeah, that's the only unfortunate thing. In robot mode, his legs look like you could store Red Bull cans. But beyond that, like, but they still feel solid enough to where, like, they're obviously, obviously they're going to feel hollow, but they still feel solid enough that I can pose around and I'm not really kind of squeamish about, you know, stability or anything like that. But it's impressive to me that they managed to tr to engineer the toy to have a good-looking robot and a good-looking vehicle and still work around that giant hollow gap in his legs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's actually a lot that goes into making sure that is a possible thing. You know, but you've also got like there's lights and sounds in him, LEDs in the eyes and the chest, sound boxes in his belly, but he still has neck and waist articulation and all that. He's got the little uh he's got a dial that spins his left shoulder Autobot sigil around. Yeah, I remember that from the photos. Yeah. Which hides two of the little poker chips so a you don't get to scan it for free and b you don't have to stare at the poker chips on this one yeah oh man i, I got so i got adventures ratchet and, and windblade a couple weeks ago and i hadn't got an adventures toy in a while i forgot about those i still haven't removed any of those things because i'm still like well i need to make sure i take a good picture of each one first and like it's gonna be a day man I just go through and pull those stupid things off <laughs> No, uh, but amongst what he does, my favorite one is that his forearms have these tabs that flip out Decepticon hunters, just the handles. Mm -hmm. And once they're out, he has a whole bunch of accessories that you can plug onto the top and the bottom to customize your own melee weapon for him. I, so you act I forgot hmm? about that gimmick completely. <laughs> yeah. So you get like a lance, a katana, a heavy sword, a, uh, an axe, and... Just a whole bunch of little things that you can, like, pop to the top and the bottom of them to make whatever weapon you happen to want at the time. Cool. Mm -hmm. uh, the only downside is that's how he holds his normal weapons, too, which means uh, they're designed to be at an angle for melee weapons. So the melee weapons look more natural in his hand. Uh, his gun, which can't point directly forward, does not. Hmm. Which is... Uh, unfortunate but 
like I think that's why like when they remolded him, they went back and fixed that like just the the Septiconers were just accessories after that. Mm. But it's it is kinda it's kinda neat. Like the toy does a whole bunch of little tricks. And I've never seen a toy with so many gimmicks that if the gimmicks weren't there, I think he'd still feel like the same toy. And he's he's not really losing anything for it. He's like re-entering my shopping list for this year. Because I, I remember, like another another upside of him is that he's a warrior style optimist that is large and not the size of the warrior size toy. Mm-hmm. And that was a big draw for me. It was, I think it was kind of the the larger Grimlock not hitting me as hard as I thought he would that made me end up like forgetting about the big optimist too. Now, I still need to put batteries in him. I haven't heard what the sound effects actually sound like. I bet at some point he says transform. Most likely. <laughs> I would bet you a nickel on that one. <laughs> I need to test out the limits to his uh, his storage capacity, I guess you call it. So I want to see if the taller ones like uh, strong arm can still fit inside. Yeah. I might keep an eye out for that thing once convention season starts. Or I'll just go on Mandarake, I don't know. But it's good to hear that he's a that he's a decent piece. Like that there's nothing nothing terribly yeah. wrong about him. Yeah, it's kind of one of those where it's like I don't have any idea why Hasbro doesn't release him. Like even as like a holiday item or a platinum release, something because he's definitely worth having if you can get him affordably. It's probably just he's at a weird price point. Like well, I, 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 that's why I say platinum or holiday release because they did get away with the platinum Bumblebee and Grimlock release. I bet you, I bet you they were trying. Like the fact that they did that Grimlock makes me think they probably tried to figure out a place to put him. It might have been as simple as like just no retailer wanting someone in that aesthetic, uh, or whatever he might have ended up costing. Because yeah, like I, that that figure seems like he's the. He's not the same situation, but the the closest parallel would be Prime Breakdown, and how like there was this very serviceable Prime Breakdown that came out in Japan, who didn't fit into any of the price points or whatever uh, in America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought the thing was uh, it would have been too expensive to mold out all the Minicon ports. That was like one of the explanations we got, I think, because we got like two or three explanations on that guy. Because there was also a safety thing at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a weird... T- I wonder if, if, if Platinum was as... Because Platinum wasn't as big a thing when he was out, right? I don't remember oh, us talking no. about Platinum it was, I don't think Platinum was even a thing yet. I wonder if, if Platinum was around when that toy came out, if he would have made his way over here somehow. Anyway, that's hypothetical. Um... No, cool. Uh, I, I'm I'm happy about that prime being being worthwhile. That's on my long term list. Um, I I got a bunch of off or not off topic, but I got a bunch of unofficial stuff that's on topic. But I got some official stuff on topic, and and they are the wave th- uh, three Titan Masters. So now I'm all caught up to you guys somewhat. Uh, so I'll be quick. Uh, so I got uh I got the Lion Man. I got I got Fangry. I got swoop and i got uh overkill uh overkill's got really nice colors one for four on the names that's right <laughs> the lion man tm autobot the lion man um i i think i i don't really like swoop all that much the the pterodactyl vehicle looks okay in both modes but i just wish it transformed more 
Like, I feel like it's one of the least transforming partner vehicles since, like, Wave 1. Yeah. And it's a, it's kind of a letdown, especially the weapon mode. Uh, like, it's that's that's up there with some of the worst weapon modes from Wave 1 of, like, it's one of the modes with a handle. And it's like, all right. <laughs> cool. Um... So of of the the other two, I I think I like I think I like Fangry the most right now. Um but I think that the more I mess around with Sawback, I might end up liking him more. Sawback seems like he has the most fan mode potential. Uh but the two of them integrate the Titan Master in such interesting ways. Uh like you know the the main beast modes where the Titan Master is part of the bulk. I love that Sawback uh, turns into the like the bulk of the lion head, and I love how Fangry turns into the stomach of his like bipedal mode. Like especially yeah. when I realized that those two little nubs up front were for the Titan Master foot pegs, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like he locks in. It's so it's, it's so awesome. And at first, I was going to complain Fangry had no like proper way to sit in the the four legged dragon mode until I realized there was a slot for his heel tab like within the dragon mode. Mm-hmm. And like, holy crap, that's cool. Uh, so I feel like Fangry out out of the gate, like it's just a damn solid little partner piece. And I like I don't like Fangry all that much, so I wasn't expecting a lot out of him. But I'm really pleasantly surprised. Uh, the Sawback, I just feel like the potential is there to to. I mean, aside from the three modes all kind of doing it for me, like I love the Jet mode, considering it's coming out of a lion. Uh, mm hmm. That was, that was so impressive to me, but I, I also feel like the number of moving parts and the number of pegs and, and whatnot on him, I feel like it's going to be real easy to, like, fan mode him to integrate with, like, a weird wolf or someone else, um, if I ever want to, like, figure out, like, a permanent partner situation for him. Um, I haven't tried that yet. I, I opened him up just a little while ago, but... Uh, no, like two, two of two of that wave are really darn good. Um, I like Overkill, but I can't tell anyone to want to have a third version of that toy. I'd say that they hate nice things because that's still one of the best Titan Master partner things uh, out there. But uh, right. like that figure is all just it's the right colors. And that's the only thing to talk about. And yeah, Tarot, I mean, good head, uh, good head mode. And, you know, this, the, the pterodactyl modes. OK, but yeah, it's, it's just uh, that thing feels like the terrible shades of wave one. Uh and I'm glad that that seems to have gone away because the next two are Repugnus and Shuffler, and Shuffler looks goddamn amazing. So, yeah. Um, passing the mic back over. Aaron, did you get any other Transformers things this week? Hey, I'll start building upwards. Um, so I got the three Legends class that were Wave wave 3. Yeah, Bumblebee, That's Gnaw, and the Kickback. And Kickback kickback yeah i have no idea what i was talking like la uh, last time we were together talking about me showing you bumblebee i can uh only attribute it to brain damage or something but um of the three man bumblebee sure is a transformer yeah i i'm i'm not shy about it that the the more i mess with that bumblebee the more i'm like dude you you are getting by on your name like <laughs> There right. are such better Legends toys in this line right, right now. Um, I don't like the way that you have to kind of pull him apart for him to become the, like, to ride inside of. Yeah. The I, I wish that the 
tabs at the back of it weren't locked in the same way um, because I think that's what just makes it super awkward that you kind of have to pop apart the back where like wheelie it's a canopy you open up mm-hmm. you know the other the other guys that have the write in modes it's just a thing and then you can either kind of see them or you know kickback just kind of sits in the chest he's got holes to tab the feet in and he just hangs out there and that is okay in its own way. Even Gnaw, you can, like, have them get eaten. And They're not getting be eaten. In, there's, in foot, the there's foot pedals in there. there. There's, there's foot really. pedals there, but then the top of the mouth closes over top of it. It's, you yeah, ha- you but have, it's hollow. You have just that moment before digestion begins. No, it's, it's hollow, and you can see out the eyes from inside. They're helpful Sharkticons. Sure they are. But, um... Yeah, I again, Bumblebee I, to me really feels like it's a case of, hey, we've got to have a Bumblebee that works. He's smaller. Let's make him the legend. Oh no, how do we do this? Mm. Um, kickback. I like that they finally completed it, and I'm with, uh, what, you know what you guys had said before. If it's, I I think I kind of like that it doesn't match the other two that don't match each other. Yeah. So that they're all thematically the same. And then go from there. Um, and then Gnaw, I've bought two of. Just because you ha- have to have at least two. That way they keep themselves company. Kind of like should, dogs. You should buy three. See, I don't know about three because that's, that's where craziness lies. Hey, the Repro-Label sticker sheet is for three of them. Okay? Just saying. Maybe. Um, I've only seen two, so that's the other reason why I only have two. Uh, If there had been three there, I probably would have bought three, but now I can be like, look, no, I have two little poplars, and I'm good for that. Um, But I I really do dig the way that he flips around to transform. It's it's a simple but fulfilling transformation. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I... And I do... I, I did not think that he was going to have a ride-along mode until I was like, oh, wait a second, there are pegs inside his lower lip. Let's see what happens when... Doop, 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 doop. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, that, that toy is uh, is my Transformers toy of 2016, as yes. shown on our uh, site staff picks as, article. As read dramatically as well. As read dramatically by Werner Transferzog, a good friend of mine. Thinking about getting him to read some more stuff. Not sure mm-hmm. what yet. There was um. It's not. I'm not. I think it's 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 kind of. How do I put this without being a jerk? Because I don't want to be a jerk. But I thought it was really funny. As I got one comment, and it was very well meaning, and I appreciated it. Uh, but there was someone who, upon hearing that voice, said, "Oh, that was a great impersonation of Christoph Waltz." The Christoph Waltz from several Tarantino films, and I was like, "Well, that's not who I was trying to sound like, but I appreciate it." <laughs> uh, Werner Herzog is a filmmaker and documentary, and you should check out Grizzly Man if you haven't. Like, get ready for a heavy story, but Grizzly Man's a really good documentary uh, that he made and narrated. Um, well, I'm glad you found the legends. I'm glad that you've joined us in the club of owning that bumblebee. Mm-hmm. As everyone will eventually. Uh, TJ, uh, give me another Transformers thing you got this week. 
Legends Super Jinrai. Legends Super Jinrai. Mm-hmm. Mine, I actually still haven't shipped mine. He's just chilling out waiting for me. Mm-hmm. Mine showed up as what I'll talk about next was being prepared in the warehouse, and I actually made the phone call like, hey, can you get this added in? Nope. If that's in in the warehouse and getting pulled, it would be a separate shipping order. Aww. It's like, all right, fine. So, uh, <laughs> in light of, like, that toy filling up my Twitter feed as some people's favorite figure of the last couple months, is he any good? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's worth filling up your Twitter feed. He's really, really good. Cool, cool. I'm looking forward to messing with him, because he, he does look pretty darn good. Uh, so, yeah... Very. I'm looking at. I'm looking at a picture of the U.S. version right now. It's just, it's a night and day difference between the two. Yeah, like there's some things about the original molding on the American one that I kind of like. I like how we got a crazier chest plate thing, but that's like not much in comparison to all the other things that that version does. Yeah. See, I I like that we I like that the U.S. that the Japanese version didn't get a crazier chest plate thing. Like this is what I wanted it to do. Just. Like, cover up just enough of the chest to make him look like he's, like, sunken into the suit. And just give me, like, a little fake high, you know, high cue in there. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he looks, he looks, he looks really good that way. Like, he's far closer to the original toy, which is where I need him to be. And uh, does he feel all right? Because I heard uh, some things here and there about joints. Like, some people were fine. Some people had, like, some tight joints. Um, it's It's kind of varying, like. I don't have anything on here that's, like, particularly worrying. I will say just, like, on a tolerance level, uh, I don't like how his chest pegs together because you've got this, like, zipper effect of, like, four tabs on one side, three on another. Yeah. And it's just friction. It's not actually clipping onto anything, and I wish that was more secure. Alrighty. And um, the way, like, the way they gave him new feet that match the original toy... You know, like the more vertical feet rather than the horizontal fat feet that Magnus had. Yeah. Uh, the way they do that is through a set of hinges and swivels that, if were loose, would worry me. And I do have one that's like, like I, I have a right foot that's fine, then a lo- then a left one that's a little bit looser, to the point where, I think if I had any poses that would like put his weight closer to his back, would be a little bit worrisome mm-hmm. so that actually has me really worried about god bomber just how heavy that backpack's gonna be at least he'll have bigger feet like he'll have new shoes to hopefully plant him down yeah well, well the way that forms on that hopefully will uh rectify that yeah uh but like yeah just as a figure itself like it transforms really really nice it looks like you know it looks like power master prime in both modes really well um I like how the arms have uh, have a new transformation bit to them, so uh, they look a lot more solid. Like I think that's what bugged me the most looking at the Hasbro version, that all the hollow forearm yeah. that you can see. Like I remember, like I I haven't I haven't I haven't applied it yet, but like there's there's a whole third party add on kit for the Ultra Magnus version where a, a good third at least of the parts in that kit are things to stick into the hollow spots. Mm-hmm. No, beyond like beyond that, like he's got a ton of remolded parts. It's mostly about accuracy. There's only a few things that change, like you know his forearms now slide as part of his transformation. 
He's got a few extra panels to make his trailer a little bit more solid. And, uh, you know, and of course, his feet that are, uh, you know, fairly different from the U.S. Uh, beyond that, he does have a lot of the same qualities toy-wise. So if you're just looking for function, maybe not. This is more of uh, an aesthetic. Well, I mean, the, kind of thing. the one thing that I wanted the American version to do that didn't, the thing that made me annoyed with Magnus as well, was the design of the feet and the ankles. So that being different on the Japanese one is like literally the one change I wanted. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of little changes that do make him worth it for me, especially because that's the that's the prime I grew up with. That's my Optimus Prime. Mm. So I really I needed it to like harken back to that old toy as hard as it could. And I was not getting that out of like super chrome belly Optimus Prime that we came that we had from Hasbro. Well, and the, and the Titan Master on that one, too. Like, the paintwork on Tiny Jinrai and all the photos I've seen looks superb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, just, like, unfolding that head, and it's just, like, Haikyuu right down to the... Well, well, it would be Jinrai. It would be Jinrai for this version. Like, just down to, like, the the skin tone on his mouth. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I wish Titan Masters had paint. Yep, it's like I, I didn't uh, I canceled my orders on them for the sake of, of money, but down the road I'm probably gonna pick up Japanese laser beak and ravage to get the Titan Masters. I've seen it on my Twitter feed, someone who did that and then was selling the rest of those figures without the Titan Masters. <laughs> I'd do that. <laughs> um Yeah, that's that that Jinrai seems like pretty darn badass. I'm i I'm I'm really looking forward to when we actually get uh, God Bomber and see how all that works. Like, I hope yeah. that pays off. Mm-hmm. There's one element to him that I kind of laughed at is that the way he transforms, he actually does still have trailer space that you can, like, bring down. Mm-hmm. But it's almost as useless as the originals. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the sliver. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's where I used to throw the head when I transformed into vehicle mode. I, now I don't even need to do that. What am, I, what am I supposed to do with it now? Fill it with other heads. <laughs> like, until you get God Bomber, you got nowhere to put all, you know, a little go shooter and everybody. You gotta... just, this Jinrai just pulls up to the Autobots, uh, trailer comes up, heads just spill out. Yeah, he's like, look, I, I met this other Optimus who's a really cool dude. He told me something about taking faces, and I, I wanted to give it a try. <laughs> yeah, he said. So, he said, like mm-hmm. taking faces. And I thought, why stop there? Yeah, I, I'm kicking it up a notch. Stop holding me down, other Autobots. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'm sure we're gonna hear more about Jinrise and stuff uh, in the coming weeks. Um, I'm kind of out of uh, official toys, so I'm gonna start talking about unofficial toys. I hope that does not offend you. Okay, I hope that offends you. I'm indifferent. I never get what I hope for. Yeah, um, that's we we try hard for that, actually. Well, this this thing I got was from one of the local dealer guys. Uh, Madhouse Toys was uh, over Christmas, kind of doing one day sales on just stuff, and this went up for thirty Canadian dollars. And I handled a prototype of this a couple years ago. I thought it was a neat idea. Kind of lost track of the project. Here's a picture of it. This is the, uh, from before and after, this is the bulky action engineer general. And this was going to be a line. I know prototypes were made for a Superion and Predaking as well. And now that I'm handling one of them in its, like, production form, 
I'm kind of bummed out that he's the only one who came out. Um, granted, I got him on, like, Supreme Clearance, but it's a darn cool toy. It's, like, about 12 inches tall. It's Devastator. It's basically, like, a just a large action figure. Uh, but he's done in the style of his G1 cartoon model and, like, entirely in the style of his G1 cartoon model. Like, right mm -hmm. down to all the deformed shapes of what were... Mixmaster and Scrapper. He's got like four little like they're not they're not even circles anymore because they're stretched out. But on the back of one of his legs are four just like thirds of black discs that are the wheels from Mixmaster's truck mode. Um, mm -hmm. And he's got like uh, two sets of hands, one set that are gripping slash fists, another set that are splayed open. But like almost all his joints ratchet in some way. Like there's ratcheting everywhere. And then he's got this ab crunch, or mid-torso joint, so he can crunch forward, but then when you tilt him back, the dump truck bed on his back has a sort of spring-loaded motion to get out of the way of his waist, so you can have him lean back as well. He can, like, he's got a ball socket head, but he can extend the head up, so its mounting point can then also tilt forward and backwards. Uh, the ratcheting joints in his shoulders are double-jointed, so you can have the shoulders kind of slide up and down on a, on a double-ratcheted hinge. Uh, he's really poseable. And then the thing I didn't even know, someone on Twitter told me they actually had the toy for years not knowing it did this till someone pointed it out. And it's barely mentioned on the packaging. I saw the symbol for audio on the back of the package and I was like, oh, what's that? And I looked at his gun and then I realized that there was a speaker on his gun. So there's a button you can push. It turns on a red LED on the front and you can either leave it running for like six cycles and it turns itself off or you just tap it again to turn things off. But it plays this. So that's like the Optimus Prime cannon sound. Mm -hmm. And you can hear on the front of that, like, something else. I'm dork enough to know that's a generic Autobot sim sound and not Prime's cannon. Oh, I always thought that was Prime's cannon. Oh, no, his had no, that more bajoomp, bajoomp kind of thing. No, his was like, it's like, his was like a three-stage noise. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, there, there was a little bit of repetition to the front of it. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, number one, like, yeah, it's the wrong noise for Devastator, whatever. The fact that they had that noise, I'm like, oh my god, now I'm so mad the Superion never came out. Because also a Superion in this style would, would be a great companion piece, so you can have Devastator fighting Superion, like in the Earth Wars. And, like, I don't know, I, I like this figure a lot. It, it's a, Its original price was, like, 60 or 70 bucks. And, like, the, the construction of it, I can kind of see how it came to that if this is a smaller company, for sure. Uh, I can also see how no one bought it at that price. But, like, the concept is so good. I wish that one or two other figures had come out. Uh, I, I really like it. Um, I'm, uh... I'm trying to find photos of the Superion and Predaking that I know were out there, but I, I can't find them right now. Anyway, uh, you can look this guy. I think he's, he's, he's still around here and there, but I, I was checking. A lot of the major retailers, I think, sold out on him, but, uh... Bulky action engineer general. That's a, it's a cool toy. Um, I like it. If you're gonna tell me like, oh, well, my transformers are transformed, then whatever. I got nothing for you. But uh, the concept that they went for on this dude was super neat. So, moving on. Uh, Aaron, have you got another transformer to talk about? Sure. All I right. picked up the Iron Factory Supreme Commander with Alaria. Alaria. Um, he's like a. War for Cybertron style, um, but Power Master armor that goes on top of it. 
So and, he's uh, uh he's actually actually uh he's the storm was, he's the Stormbringer comic design. Oh, okay. Which is it was very, very Cybertronian yeah. kind of in all on that same theme, so I was just going for that, but okay. Thank you for the well actually. You're you're welcome, Milady, um, Aaron. I it was all coming together. Um, but no, he's he's uh, really good, uh, nice. Continued to get fiddled with um, as I was doing a whole bunch of drive recovery stuff, which I still have a hard drive that's formatting. Woo! Still, uh, I'm going for the full format on it because something in it was horribly broken. So let's see if I can fix it like that. Um, but yeah, I especially like just the way that all of his armor bits go together to make the like extended trailer. Part. Oh, I'm um, so excited. The the only thing that I have an issue with is it stands a lot higher than the truck mode does. Mm-hmm. So it looks like like a chopped down pickup truck hauling a full height like caravan behind him. And then it's also all alien vehicles, so it looks double weird. Right. Um, I kind of wish it had done more like the, uh, what was the, um, the one that you could buy in two sets. The, um. Oh! Well, now I'm not going to remember. Crap. Uh, the white prime. You could buy the prime or oh. the armor stand. Yeah, Mastermind Creations Nova Prime. Yes, Nova Prime. Um, I kind of wish it integrated more like that one did, or if you had some parts that went forward to at least try and bring the, the lines back on it, mm-hmm. but it's also friggin' tiny. It's the size of a deluxe with all of the armor on it and it's very opposable. Does, does it feel good? Cause that's, it, that's my thing with iron factory. Iron stuff. factory. They all, they all feel great. Okay. Um, same with, same with Alara. She's another small and it's the, un- I feel kind of unfortunate thing where, it's a fembot, so she has the giant, like, anime eyes and feels super kawaii. Yeah, Ka- me and me and Seth uh, talked about that a bit. That's the Iron Factory female robot aesthetic right now. Right. And they've only actually made two, because she's their RC again, but with right. lots of different new parts. Right. But it's still the same. Like, I think it wouldn't get the same reaction out of me if she maybe didn't have quite the same hip to waist ratio and big anime eyes. Mm. If she was, you could still have a bust on it, but not have super thin waist and have smaller, maybe a slightly smaller heads and definitely smaller eyes. And it wouldn't be quite the, uh, whoever someday makes new heads for the iron factory fembots will, will probably have a pretty good day. Right. Um, but that that's Iron Factory. If TJ has other Transformers, so that we can bounce back and forth, or do I just keep riding this train? Well, I mean, that's uh, we're doing we're doing an item at a time. So do you, do you got any other? If, you, if you're done with your thoughts on that Prime, I just want to quickly express one more shot of jealousy at you for getting it before I did. Um, I'm looking forward to messing with mine. But yeah, uh, let's let's bounce over again. TJ, do you have any more Transformers to talk about? Um. Yeah, I got two noteworthy ones. Let's do one of them. Masterpiece Inferno. All right! Ooh. Welcome to the train! Yay! The I'm fire the train. train, the fire truck train. Uh, how are you liking them? Uh, I'm liking them. I'm liking them okay. Like, I don't know 
why I, I almost feel bad about this, but there's part of me that's not really getting excited over him the way a lot of people have been. Well, the thing that can really temper one's reaction to Inferno, because it does it for me whenever I feel like calming down about him, is I remember how much he costs. And then I calm down a little bit. Hmm. Especially when I think about how much he costs, plus the shipping, then I calm down a little bit. I don't think it's that. Because right. I, I think at this I think at this point I'm just used to paying that for masterpieces of that size. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah, that's that, you know, that's that's the price to play, so let's play. I think it's okay, and to mildly spoil what else I've got coming up. It was seeing him next to another masterpiece where it kind of hit me. Because, mm-hmm. like, I know I, I've heard rumblings of people who are starting to get annoyed at masterpiece for going far more to the cartoon side than the original balance between cartoon and toy they used to have. Mm-hmm. You know, and I never really saw that. I think the closest I saw that was Shockwave, but that's not a. It doesn't really. He doesn't really have that much that would have translated over to the from the toy anyway yeah i I think inferno is the new high for that thing like of of showing that a shift has happened oh yeah because like seeing him next to an older masterpiece that has that blend of the two it was like i really needed i needed inferno to have that blend Mm -hmm. and i i personally don't think that like keeping the chrome parts on him is enough to blend it either like the chrome parts on him, I was just eager to get off of him. Yeah, it's strange, because they everything else, like, in proportions and design, just went so hardcore to the toy that the chrome actually stands out. It's, you know, it, it's in, and not in a good way. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really, still, my biggest problem with them is that you can swap all his chrome parts except for the one. And it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> And it's the one right next to his head, too. Right. So you can't ignore it. It's there. It's pinned on. I'm like, come on. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like, it's, it's it's a shift that, like, it was it was always debatable. But with Inferno, it's so much less debatable that the shift yeah. has happened. Yeah. Because, like, like, I'll give him this. Like, okay, every, everyone is right. The way his ladder transforms is magnificent. Mm-hmm. It's an incredibly clever transformation to get rid of that. Bravo. I feel like everything after that is a lot more mundane. Yeah, like he's got neat leg tricks. They're not as neat as Ironhide, but they're neat. Yeah, it's like that's where like the comparison for me comes from. And admittedly, Ironhide is one of those characters where it's like, yes, yes, he's also a big red Autobot that is very flat in his details. I will counterpoint. What the hell are you going to add from the toy that would actually look good on him? Yeah. And uh, well, what he what he does, Ironhide, the one thing Ironhide held on to uh, from the old balance was his vehicle mode was a whole lot more toy-like. And I, I think that I think that's maybe part of what can make Inferno less amazing is that he's turning into a cartoon fire truck as well. Uh, we did get a reply, by the way, I, sh- I should mention, um, in an earlier episode where someone pointed out that the license on Inferno's box is not necessarily for a specific fire truck total. It's for like the chassis, I believe. Mm. And so it's like they license the chassis and then put a bunch of cartoon blocks on it. 
Yeah, because I know I looked up like the the engine he's supposed to be based on. I know it did not look like that. Yeah, the, when the, I found photos the, in in one of the previous threads. I'll go and see if I can dig it up. But there there was a spe- someone specified what that license actually meant, and it was it's like it's for the skeleton and one other part of that thing. Uh, I'm gonna find it. But uh, yeah, so like you, I I would. Because I still really like Inferno. I'd say he's not like a a poor toy by any means, but I totally see where you're coming from on a lot of that stuff. Uh, yeah, like it's hard to take away from him because he's still masterpiece level. Mm-hmm. There's just an aesthetic he hits in robot mode that it's not really cutting it for me, and it's weird because I always, I always have such a, you know, like, like cartoon accuracy, especially for masterpieces, I always thought was like primary in my head, and I still want them to look like they did in the cartoon. But I do acknowledge, you know, just like the third-party Devastator you just showed us, I, that's a that's a super cartoony look, and that's super accurate to that. And that's it makes me realize seeing it side by side, it's like that's not what I really want. I didn't realize that before. It turns out cartoon can get even hardcorer into the cartoon. <laughs> Aesthetic. I found the post, by the way, this is from Trent, uh, who said, regarding your comment about the Fuso license in Inferno looking nothing like a real fire truck, the license only covers the cab and chassis, as what was put on them was entirely up to whoever bought it, be it firefighting equipment, a flatbed, refrigerated box, etc. So that's that's why he still has a Fuso license. And that I find that fascinating, because I don't understand licenses that well. Um... But yeah, uh, the like the the fact that you know masterpiece has shifted that much is why, because uh, we talked about this a couple episodes ago when the question came up. It's why like the whole unofficial masterpiece alike uh, toy scene is different now than what it was some years ago. Because now it is actually there, there are products coming out that now fulfill people who don't want that much cartoon in their masterpiece toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then along with masterpiece toys, kind of steadily getting more expensive. A lot of the the, the third-party masterpiece alikes have kind of hovered at the same price point. And now, when it comes to, like, Infernos, for instance, all the unofficial Infernos cost notably less than the official one. And so it's, like, it's it's such a different landscape right now. It's, it's, uh, it's weird. Um, on the bright side, it means that right now, everyone also has lots of choices. Uh, as to whether or not that's a sustainable market, that's a completely different conversation. But... Um, I'm glad you got Inferno because I mean that's all that stuff aside. Like that's it's still a fine piece of toy. Oh yeah, it's just it's yeah. just one of those things where it's like aesthetic. Like I can admit it's a fantastic toy. It's just something about it that just doesn't hit me the right way. Is this well? Now I also have my perfect toy. When someone tells me masterpiece aesthetics the same as it always been, I can just be like, hey, put Inferno next to Sideswipe for me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, I'm going to swing back over this way. I got another unofficial thing I could talk about. This one's a bit smaller. When I was in BC, uh, I got some stuff, and then there were me and, uh, and Boris. I bought some stuff off Boris from ages three and up, and then we were going to meet up later to so I could pick the things up from him, because after I bought them, uh, my taxi showed up, and I had to rush, so I was like, oh, I'll grab these off you later on, and then we didn't meet up again, so he shipped them over with some uh, some other stuff to another local dealer. Um... So one of those things was Make Toys version of Groove from their Defensor set. I never picked up any of their Defensor stuff. And when I was at Ages 3 and up, they had uh, Groove and um, I, he's called Rover in Make Toys uh, Streetwise. 
And so I'd always heard so much cool stuff about the groove, and I'd messed with one with uh, with Ian Reed's a little bit, and I was, thought it was a cool toy. So I picked it up. Um, he's also the weirdest looking of the Make Toys uh, def- Defense War guys. Um, like, clearly you can see his robot mode's quite a departure from a groove. That's kind of what I like about him. Uh, the other thing you, that you might assume when you look at him next to his alt mode is that he probably has a supremely complicated transformation. The the neat surprise about this guy is his transformation's fairly straightforward. Uh, and it's kind of cool how it's straightforward. And it has a lot of very interesting ideas. Like, the only one I'll bring up is if you look at a picture of him and you see that he has, like, a double-jointed knee, the slot that his knee joint is going into on the bottom part of his leg actually closes. So, like, you fold his knee, you, you fold him at the knee, that slot then can compress closed uh, to form part of the back of the of the motorcycle. It's really neat. Um, and given that his hips are very weird, he still has full articulation just in one of the most unique joint setups I've ever seen because his hips, he can move his legs forward and back. He can move them outwards. Those are all separate rivet swivels because of the way his legs are built. It's, it's a very interesting figure. Uh, I, I quite like it. And he turns into a compact little motorcycle. And uh, one of my goals this year is, I'm thinking maybe just piecemeal over time, I might put together the Make Toys Defensor. But I'm mostly interested in the four limb robots, because they all seem like just solid, cool uh, little puzzle formers. So uh, it was was neat to finally pick up one of these things for myself and and give it a go, have a mess with it. He also comes with just a a big-ass gun. Because um, the the limb robots came with most of the guns that uh, clipped together to form uh, the defense or gun, so he just has this big ass thing, and it makes him look like a rude kind of guy. Um, also, I think the handlebars are supposed to be fragile. Their version of Hotspot came with replacement handlebars. As far as I can tell, it's just because the handlebars are brittle. So if I like grab them and yank on them, they'd probably snap off. So I'm trying to be careful. But uh, yeah, it's a cool figure. Make toys Axel. People probably already have tons of opinions on him, so that's me. Um, Aaron, any more Transformers stuff? Yeah, uh, going up up the uh, scale a little bit. Up, up, I up. got the uh, e con e hobby uh, convo bat set and Megaligator. and yeah, it came with the Megatron head, and so I was looking at my phone. At Amazon, and saw that they had the uh, Skull Crunchers, for like seven bucks for Skull Cruncher because nobody wants ah. to friggin' buy Skull Cruncher. So I'm like, okay. And I was looking at it, and I think I hit Add to Cart, and then I was like, wait, hold on, no, I'm gonna go sit down at the computer, look at some other stuff, and then you know do whatever else. And while I was there looking at other stuff, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna get this. So I added, yeah, and I hit the on the computer. I did the, you know, one but one click, send it to me because I don't need extra clicks. Mm-hmm. And then the next day when it was like, all right, your two skull crunchers are on the way to you. I was like, oh, wait, what? You're all set. Two? <laughs> You've got okay. two skull crunchers. You're all set. So <laughs> I've still got another sealed skull, skull cruncher. But um, and Alfie's been telling me that I need to return it. I'm like, at $7, I may just deal with it. I mean, I'm... if you can return it for free, maybe. But if Amazon, because Amazon, I heard, clamped down a little bit on returns. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they'll charge shipping and sometimes they won't. It's all going to depend. And it's a thing that's just like as inexpensive as it was. I may just hold on to it 
Yeah, like if they charge not? you shipping, it's like it was seven bucks. Just hold on to it. To worst case, throw it in a charity auction. But best case, someone out there is going to get a McAlligator and be like, "I want a Skull Cruncher." Right. And then you're all set. Um, but so Convo Bat turns out turns out very well. The only thing I'm kind of upset about is that it didn't come with the tail shield. Oh, really? Piece? Really? Yeah, it is not there. And I was like, "Crap, maybe I missed it." Every picture I found, every picture that was on it, and I think every picture online, none of them showed the tail. Yeah, I just took for granted that it was there. Hey, maybe that's where they got all the tail shields for Magna Convoy. Maybe. <laughs> um, God, what if that's true? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, that makes sense. It does. Like, But the thing is, that piece, like, that's where I, I kind of wonder, is that something that is slave molded in or not but i mean whether or not it is would they have gated it off for one then made it by itself for a classics prime like it's i think it lines up almost perfectly that that thing is like all of the ones from convo bat went to magna convoy yeah um that's kind of amazing oh man it's really stupid but kind of amazing (laughs) god i have to look this up now because it's multiple pieces of plastic too it's it's not like it's like a single mold that they could gate off yeah because like the the alpha trion sword i could see that being just an accessory Mm -hmm. but yeah oh man anyway i I don't want to sidetrack completely here (laughs) but um the so for i i did uh send a photo out to twitter um of so I have that original Beast Wars two pack set, and I took a photo of of um, them in front of their older versions. And how do I get to just my media? There we go. Um, and it was my this works link. How are you? You're not going. Uh, I think I saw the photo. Copy so, image address. See if this works for you. Oh, it's yeah, it's the photo called This Works. Yeah. <laughs> Where Convo Bat is on the point for Megaligator, Megatron Alligator. Eh, it's off. The heads the heads are are very good copies of each other, but um the Skull Cruncher body isn't all shades of green, so it's a little bit different. But the head plastic matches the body plastic dead to rights so i mean with with mcgalligator i would just say like if you can find a lighter green paint that you're happy with and just put that yeah. over the pink parts right so like right now my thought is i'm trying i want to find a way to differentiate mcgalligator from um skull cruncher because they're two different characters now and i have a spare headmaster and uh go from there so uh i don't know i may go end up adding some uh repro labels to my next repro label order Mm -hmm. for that action but um had a whole lot of people say where did you get it it sold out everywhere and to which now my reply is like this thing's been pre-ordered for months so for a million years go back in time put a pre-order in and then you can get it um unfortunately but came with the the comic book and the additional stickers so i have stickers that i can put in the center of their chest if i want to i don't think i'm gonna do that so was the comic book packed separately the comic book was packed from big bad toy store it was packed separately they had the comics that are on the instructions Mm -hmm. that that was in the package but then there was a separate thing that was the comic book with translations 
and everything, and then a really tiny sticker sheet. Okay. That yeah, was in I, another bag. The the sticker sheet actually I'm kind of interested in because once we found out what the the white rectangle was for, mm-hmm. I was kind of into it. But I've I've enjoyed it. It's a, a mold that I like and a cool concept. Hmm. Yeah, like I, I I think it turned out really well. I'm I'm gonna pick one up somewhere down the road. Is it ran into the wall of generally like I need to kill kill a bunch of pre-orders. Yeah, this was, is this is something that survived those uh, pre-order killings. Yeah, because it's it's pricey, but it's also just as pricey as all of those like anime head sculpt headmasters I've been getting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's not like it's out of the question. It's just yeah. expensive. Lots of paint. Um, how's the uh, how's the the Apex Arms drone? How's that the thing Apex Arms drone looks like an angry um optimal optimus like are the colors just there are they like the, right the, the colors are are pretty close to it i i don't know if i have an op op i have a primal prime somewhere like it doesn't have the vac metal of course for no. the better but no but it's it's the like kind of a bright light orange blue touch of purple and the fact that they I guess I didn't paint in his teeth, but the silver, any light that's not straight on it really draws it like one part of the teeth shows up. So it looks he's just very angry with his teeth. He's like, I only oh. got a few modes and I wanted a robot mode. Right. Why didn't I get a robot mode? But it's it has it was it was a good set. I'm glad that I, I held on to my pre-order. Cool. Uh, all right, well, TJ, uh, have you got another Transformers thing? Masterpiece Soundwave. Oh, yeah, that's th- that would definitely make Inferno look weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big contrast. Also, it's it's an, it's a conversation to have as to what which toy is better. There's no definitive winner there. Like, Soundwave really holds up. No, no, it's Soundwave. Yeah. It really is. No, I missed out on the U.S. version because it evaporated from every toy store before I could afford it. Oh, this is I, the Hong or the the not Hong yeah. Kong, the China reissue. Yeah, this is the Hasbro Asia version. Oh, so you got all the cassettes too? Uh huh. Dizzy damn, how's that? It is so nice. God, they are such. It's such a nice set. So it's like everyone but Ratbat, basically. Yeah, and I'm I'm like legitimately thinking like. I need to go to eBay and just, like, get one of the decent knockoff rat bats. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a that's a solid set. Are you okay with yellow optics on your sound wave? Um, I prefer... Well, here's, here's the thing about mixing over the, uh, the toy and the cartoon aesthetic again. Uh, I don't really mind either way. I feel like that's something where, like, if it was a modern masterpiece, there'd be a dial in the back of his head to just spin the color around. Yeah. Uh, I'm fine with the yellow. Like, it doesn't really bug me, because that was one of my childhood toys, so I'm used to yellow or red. I can take either way. So I think there still might be some on the market, but a couple people had made replacement red optic pieces for him. Uh-huh. So, they're out there. Yeah, it's called a screwdriver and paint. There's also <laughs> that. Uh, cool. I mean, like, so is, is it just the Hasbro box, basically? Um, they, it's a little bit modified, actually. It's kind of up to, uh, 
So it has some of the art details from the current box style, but it's mostly the same. Okay. Um, what was interesting to me about this is uh, looking over the instructions for this thing, looking everything in the back of the box. Um, it tell it tells you about you know for as far as how many features this thing has, like uh, it tells you about um, it, it tells you how to attach the pile drivers to Rumble and Frenzy. It tells you that the uh, cameras can flip up from buzz from buzzsaw and uh, laser beaks heads, and that's it. All right, <laughs> like I thought I was missing like a full sheet of instructions or something because like nothing tells you what the little silver piece is for oh, everything it yeah, does. Right. <laughs> nothing tell nothing tells you about like storing the like uh, storing the pile drivers on his forearms. Or the birds can perch on his arms or shoulder. Nothing tells you about the chest being able to take three cassettes at a time. Uh, also, Frenzy and Rumble's uh, weapons can store inside the pile driver tubes. Uh, they right. come that they come that way. It doesn't tell you how to get them out. Oh, well, that's good. That <laughs> sounds fun. It tells you yeah, it tells you how to put the pile drivers on, but it doesn't tell you how to empty the pile drivers first. Like, mm. It's just stunning because he is so loaded with little tricks. And I'm just astonished at how few it will actually inform you of. Like you just get you like you get like the extra screen on the chest and like no information on what what the hell it is. And now you got to go print like get one of those PDFs that somebody made of all the different things you can print out to stick behind his chest monitor. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, or <laughs> or to print out the uh, the filler origami to put inside the energon cubes if you want them to look full. That I did think about. Um, I was going to ask you since you got all the cassettes at once, um, and they're all very different, like mm-hmm. the three the three major cassette molds. Oh, yeah. um, is it so? The one that came with them, those of us who got him in, in, in uh, when he came out in Japan, all got spoiled because we got him and Laserbeak, and then all the other cassettes. And Laserbeak to me is a stunner. Uh, since you got them all at once, was there like how do you feel about the cassettes as far as like with those three molds? Which do you feel like there's a definitive best one, or do they all strike you differently? Uh, I would go. I would be there with you. Laserbeak is amazing. So can you imagine like, getting just Laserbeak, not knowing what the others are like, and then going through this sort of slow, not not horrific, but a very very mild down slope <laughs> of realizing <laughs> that we got the best one first? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but like the the engineering tricks on Laserbeak are amazing. Like the fact that it's the same size cassette and now all everything is integrated and it looks a lot better. Mm-hmm. That's just astonishing to me. Right down to the camera, like it's such a little detail, but I love that it is there. Um, the like the others are good too. Like that's that's probably the best Ravage we have gotten. We've gotten a few. We've gotten a couple of them at this point. Before that, mm. uh, Rumble and Frenzy are nice. Uh, I wish the hip articulation was a little bit more freed up. Yeah, it's just they, Rumble and Frenzy are the ones I feel the weirdest about because, like, I like what they're doing, but they are doing everything completely different from Laserbeak, mm-hmm. like right down to to accessories. And they were very disappointing when they came out for me because I was sort of expecting like, well, if Laserbeak could integrate those, surely at least one thing is integrated on Rumble and Frenzy. Yeah. And it's like, no, none of it is. I I feel like they got by on just the fact that they included pile drivers that they could use. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's the that's the feature that they get to have. 
And then it was almost like a little, it felt a little bit like this sort of impish slap at my face when like, no, look, you can store the guns inside the pile drivers. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you're funny. You're funny. Why would I, ever, why would I ever do that? <laughs> also that silver thing, by the way, you can stick it on Soundwave's butt and it's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I know that's where it stores. Mm-hmm. Doesn't tell you. It's a replacement arm, little hand weapon. Doesn't tell you. It can. Mm-hmm. It can. It's a data port for the cassette player mode. Doesn't tell you. To which you can attach one of the pile driver blobs. Doesn't tell you. I don't know why you'd ever do that. It's a data cable. I guess. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, well, I'm, I'm glad you finally got a hold of one. Like how. It's not just you. There are a lot of people for whom getting a Masterpiece Soundwave has been a friggin' saga. Yeah. I'm really happy that between this and now over, uh, Takara is re-releasing some of the old Masterpieces, including the, uh, Coronation Soundwave, or Starscream that I never got. Mm-hmm. So, like, now I'm playing catch-up as the re-releases come out, which is nice. It's really cool that they did just this grand reissuing of some of those, uh, to, to go with Megatron coming out. Mm-hmm. Because, like, until there was a Megatron, I completely could feasibly see people going like, oh, I mean, why would I get all the the Masterpiece Decepticons if I'm never getting a Megatron? Or if the yeah. Megatron that's out is, you know, crap. Yeah, okay, yeah, because that, that Megatron does not match with Soundwave and Starscream at all. No? I mean, once upon a time, that Starscream was supposed to go with him when it was a bit different. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um, all right, I'm going to I'm going to swing back over here because I've got I still got some stuff I can talk about. This is very tangential, uh, but I'm going to throw it in here anyway, because I have a bigger one other bigger thing. But I want to save it for the back end. Uh, perfect. You guys know perfect effect, right? The third party company, perfect effect. Mm-hmm. So what have I told you? They made uh, a third party Micronauts toy of the Biotron. Uh, which is called Robot V2 and Star Pilot. So the way this ties into Transformers is the pilot figure for this is basically the Brain of Courage, but a better version than the one that came with Masterpiece uh, Star Saber, in that it has like more paint and stuff, and you can like you can actually rotate the head even though it's tiny. So they give you an upgraded Brain of Courage, but he pilots this like Biotron who's got like a tank tread backpack, a gun. You can take the backpack off and expand it, stick the gun onto it. And it's a little tank for the Brain of Courage. Mm-hmm. Um, the only bad part about this toy is that when you put the pilot figure inside his chest, the pilot figure does not lock inside the chest. So you have to like point the arms forward or he starts rattling around in there. Like there's, he doesn't, he doesn't like flip over upside down. There are some things to keep him upright, but he'll like, he'll shut like shift forward and backward uh, against the cockpit window unless he pushes his arms forward he's the least important part though this figure is a damn good little action figure like it's really posable it's uh the main thing missing from it is some kind of mid torso joint which is of course hard to implement when the entire torso is a cockpit but like the uh the thing about the articulation there's a lot of it but it this figure also tends to look incredibly natural in almost any pose i put him in and it's like really fun to play with like it's a good robot action figure um and he's also got like uh some interesting like fan modable stuff like there's 5 millimeter ports on the tread backpack so you can like store the gun on there 
But then there's also weird stuff. Like, there are tabs on the outside of the legs, and I don't know what they're for. Or not tabs, but slots. And then, like, the 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 feet and the shoulders are C-clipped uh, onto the figure. Or at least their ball socket connections are C-clipping onto stuff. And it feels like there might be, like, a hidden part swap gimmick in this guy. But he's the only figure perfect effective released like this. So I don't know. And then, like, I looked up, like, the the original Biotron whatever, like, was a uh, one of those figures where it's it's a parts former of, like, just a whole bunch of pieces. And you can put them together as a robot. Or you can take them apart and put them back together as, like, a vehicle thing. And people have fan-moded this toy into vehicles. And it's kind of like if you fan-moded a G.I. Joe into a vehicle. It's like it's, a, it's clearly a person, but they're folded into a ball. And he's got, like, tank treads as a backpack. It's a really cool figure. Uh, I, I like it a lot. Uh, I'm very pleasantly surprised by how much I like it. I bought it almost entirely because Derek Wyatt was tweeting pictures of it and it looked neat. And I was like, well, Derek Wyatt doesn't buy a ton of third-party stuff. So if he's finding something he really likes in this, there might be something really cool in this. I'm going to get it, too. Uh, and I really like it. So it's called uh, Robot V2 and Star Pilot, if anyone wants to look it up. Um, I don't have much connection to Micronauts or the Biotron, but there is a Biotron in IDW Revolution, so now I've got a figure of that, too, if I want to really tie it together. And, like, the cockpit is, like, sized really well for the official uh, Takara Diaclone revitalization stuff, so, which is, I think, what this figure is supposed to really pair up with. Like, while they're really rebooting Diaclone, here's, like, a Microman-style thing to go with them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really neat. Um, I don't know if either of you guys have any connection to the source material on this. And maybe could tell me things I don't know. <laughs> nope. Uh-uh. But, uh, DJ, since you like Star Saber, what do you think of the tiny little brain of courage this guy comes with? <laughs> Please, I'm grasping at straws. Someone else mentioned this thing. <laughs> like, I, it's, it's, it's a really fun kind of straw grasp, the fact they included that little guy. Because it's like, mm-hmm. here's the thing to get Transformers fans interested in. I don't know. By happenstance, Biotron and Star Saber have the same color scheme. Kind of. <laughs> It's a really weird little thing to include. It's like, like, is it size to actually like replace the Brain of Courage in Masterpiece Star Saber? Or? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's just it's much nicer painted because like Perfect Effect basically spent a paint budget on the minifigure. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, if you thought the Brain of Courage looked a little bit plain, here's a much nicer looking one to make your Star Saber look better. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's like it's, it's like Star Saber took a rental car out for for a drive. Yeah, this is this is the thing he drives when like the his his main body is like in the shop or it's like damaged. Right, he just runs out in this thing. So it's a loner from his brother-in-law. <laughs> so uh, yeah, if you're a Micronauts fan or you know a Microman fan, look into this thing. Like it's 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 interesting to see an unofficial company branching away from Transformers in any way, shape, or form. Um, oh yeah, the, so the name of this guy in Microman was Robot Man. I know, right? Pretty intense. Stunning. Pretty creative. <laughs> um, Aaron, any other Transformers stuff on your end that you'd like to yeah, talk about? Yeah, the, uh, the last of my big box of fun was Masterpiece Optimus Primal. Alright, so as, you're... As teased at the very beginning. You're joining the club. Yeah. Um... Uh, I have enjoyed transforming him back and forth quite a bit, except for getting his backpack unclipped from around the gorilla neck. 
Yeah, it's kind of rude. Um, about every time I have to, like, pop off the gorilla head and push back in each corner, and then it will uh, come loose and work better. Um, but, no, it's uh, super fun. Um, I feel like like the only thing is I wish that there was a bit more play outward for the hands. Like, at the risk of at the wrist if it could expand just a tiny bit mm. but it's that is deep into nitpick because so much of the rest of it works very well um and how many ratchet joints does that toy have all of them <laughs> they just kept throwing ratchets in the in the box it's like hey hey how do we fill out this price point some more we wanted yeah. to ship it in an inferno size box i don't know ratchets but uh yeah the the only thing i had issue with the first couple times was um so for the on all four ape mode i was not getting the like the hips to disconnect mm-hmm. the way that it's supposed to that's rough because because i was like sitting there looking at it it's like okay it says to to bend the the legs back and then bend them forward no it's trying to show me something here what's it doing and Eventually, I really fought against it and got it to pop out and then was like, oh, that's what it's trying to do. Okay. Yeah, you got to apply some uncomfortable pressure on that mm-hmm. thing. Um, but yeah, past that, it's uh, it's it's good. I, I like even the, the, the texture feel, that uh, slightly matte feeling of of the plastic on them. And between that and like the paint, it looks it looks very gorilla y. Uh the only thing I have um issue with is I kind of wish that the the shoulder stuff clipped on for when it was an ape to just hide all of that white. Uh because it feels like there's a catch point in there that it just oh, doesn't Don't don't push it too hard. Um there's a discussion about that in the thread. It feels like a catch point. And it's it's so it's a catch point, but not the way you're thinking of it. It's meant to stop you from pushing any harder. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a, it feels like a detent to keep you from using the detent. Okay. Yeah, because like, oh, what am I thinking of? It, it has to do with within gorilla mode, like the little red circle that it, the shoulder pad covers up. Mm-hmm. If you push any harder, um, it's very easy. Like even if you don't push harder, that little red circle tends to lose at least a bit of paint. Mm-hmm. And so if you start really cranking on it, you're basically rubbing the inside of the shoulder pad against the red circle. Okay. If, well, it's, I if, mean, I, if I'm thinking of what you're thinking of. Yeah, it's it's not the end of the world. It's just a thing that one of those bits that feels like, oh, it's just right there, but there's too much flash or something. Yeah, no, there, um, there are, there's like a mod people have done to get the shoulder pads to come in tighter. There's you you know how sometimes people really tunnel vision on part of a toy and there's suddenly pages of discussion about it. Yeah, that is that thing for Optimus Primal. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I like the I. I am impressed at how well the forearm guns work as well. Yeah, I love those things. Um, they they feel very good as they as they pop out. But no, I've enjoyed them a whole lot. Um, it's going to go into work because a couple of people near me, Beast Wars was their Transformers, and I mentioned this Masterpiece Primal, and then they looked at it and they're like, no, well, you got to bring that in so I can see it. So I may be uh, 
uh, initiating a new generation of Masterpiece fans. You're going to shepherd some people into a good place is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm just messing with the forearm guns again because I, I, I forgot how much I, I love the fact there's a tiny little... It's not too thin. It's thin, but not too thin. And you push that on the bottom of his forearm and it pops up the gun slightly. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's That's lovely. Um, all right, well, TJ, do you have any other Transformers you'd like to talk about? Um, I could, but I'm really kind of ready to move on to off topic. All righty. Um, pop me. I'm going to talk about uh, an on topic thing afterwards, but pop me one of your off topics. Uh, well, since uh, it's officially unbox built, I guess I can officially include the Lego spaceship, spaceship, spaceship. Oh, I built that thing back when it was new yeah i need to strip it down and put it into some ziploc bags but I, that was a lot of work <laughs> i remember it was a lot of work no oh, this is one of the few movie sets that i never managed to track down just because it was always either too expensive or just not the right time whatever it was but uh came into christmas finally got the time to throw all the bricks together and i'm searching desperately for a place where i never have to tear it down where is it going to go i'm trying to figure out i don't want to hang it from anything and i'm I'm trying to figure out some kind of strut system i can display it on when i when i built that and the guardians of the galaxy uh the milano Mm -hmm. i was Mm -hmm. like i i went into owning both of those with like i'm gonna just get lego spaceships and i built those two and i was like this was a bad idea, and I'm going to stop buying Lego spaceships. <laughs> I don't know what to do with these now. Yeah, I hit that problem, too. I had to tear down the Milano to get the table space for the spaceship. Yeah. Like, that's... I. It was a weird thing to learn, because, like, you can you can have a bunch of Lego backed up, and go like, yeah, Lego's easy to collect. Then you build it, and it's like, oh, these are, these are bigger than I thought. Yeah. These are large. <laughs> But no, it is a really, it's a really fun build. I really like how it comes together and all the little things it does. I love that I got to build, like, a nuclear reactor core. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, everyone I show that to is like, why does it use a thermometer for a temperature gauge? Because it does, okay? I like to think of the spaceship, spaceship, spaceship as basically, like, the, like, if there was a the Lego spaceship, I feel like that is it. Yeah. It's, pro- it's probably not, like, the best one, but it just feels like it has the spirit of Lego spaceships burning through it. It really does. Like, there's a lot of labor to of love coming out of that design because it is very much a modern Lego style. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. much in that, you know, modern vein of engineering. But at the same time, there's so many loving touches to the old school space stuff. And it has all the little gimmicks that I feel like hit all my points, too, of like, you know, little ships that can attach to the big one mm-hmm. and then like deployable little robot men. And then like, uh-huh. here's, a, here's a little one cockpit enemy ship. It's like, all right, like every bullet point exists yeah. on this thing. Yeah. Yeah. We we have this little X-wing feature that we can do. And there's two different types of firing missiles. And, you know, <laughs> Unikitty gets to be R2-D2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was one scene making up math and the other scene calculating hyperspace. I have to watch that movie again. It's been about a year and a half since I watched the Lego movie. Oh, we got the Batman one coming out now, I, which I, what, I think this might be too much of a good thing. I, that's what I that's why I want to watch the Lego movie again to get myself warmed up. Except that Batman movie. 
is really on my radar. <laughs> I'm, I'm act although I am actively trying to not get into the minifigs because I feel like that's going to take me down a road again. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to go down there, though the minifigs have some hilarious ones for that friggin', way. Friggin' Ian Reed, I told him this, and then he's like, yeah, but take a look at the shark man. Take a look at what <laughs> take a look at what they printed on the minifigure head under the shark head. And the minifigure head just has a giant duodenum and gullet painted on it. <laughs> and I was like, shut up. Get <laughs> um, yeah, that, that the... the the movie line, I'm only I'm missing some of the final ones they released. I don't feel like they're going to be hard to track down. And I kind of want to track them down someday. Right now I'm at the point where I'm like, my non-movie Lego stuff, I might start to get rid of. And then I'll just have the movie line and that'll be my Lego display somewhere. Mm. I like I like that series. There was such a part of me as was, I wish I had the shelf space to get every movie set and then lay out the plot of the movie in order. Just hmm. from one side of the shelf all the way to the other, start with the piece of resistance, end with the construct mech Yeah. As the construct mech is the last big set I still need. I, I think I'm just missing the construct mech and, like, the second bad cop set where his car has wheels. Those were the yeah. two. That's, uh, no, grats on building the spaceship. It's a good one. Once upon a time, it was the only way to get Benny. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. no, I got that backwards. Once upon a time, the sea cow was the only way to get Benny. Oh, yeah, that that was, uh, well, it helped I wanted the sea cow a lot anyway, but. Yeah. And then they just made the couch, and like, here's the whole cast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they made the screw you, you got sucked up in the movie hype set. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, I'm going to swing us back on topic for just a sec. Um, this is something I picked up recently. Uh, so I have not, so Fans Toys have spent a couple years kind of becoming quite a big name in the Masterpiece Alikes unofficial Transformers market. I picked up their first two figures back when they came out, the Quake Wave and Scoria, uh, their versions of Shockwave and Slag. And then that was it. I kind of never bought another Fans Toys thing after that, not out of any real hatred, just their stuff didn't interest me as much as most everything else did. Um... They recently released their version of Galvatron called Sovereign, and that's 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 the one that really grabbed me, and I was like, all right, I'm going to try Fans Toys out again. Um, so I picked picked him up the other day, and uh, he's a pretty cool figure. Uh, I, w I was going in kind of not sure what to expect, because the weird thing about reading about Fans Toys is you'll see this mixture of people who treat Fans Toys almost like a church uh, and and often refer to them as, like, the definitively best toys on the market without really explaining why. And then you'll also see on the other side of the coin, people like, oh, yeah, fans toys. I wonder what will break on this one. And so I'm like, well, wait a second. What does this mean? <laughs> wait, so, how many sides does that coin have? Like 15. Okay. You start really getting into it. Uh so the, the Sovereign uh, feels pretty good out of the box. His A lot of his ratcheting joints were... I had to actually tweak almost all the screws on his ratcheting joints because I was like, these feel kind of loose. And uh, and then I, I was like, I wonder if the screws turn. And I went in and I was able to turn the screws like even multiple times on some of the ones on his legs. So I was like, oh, OK, I guess the factory just puts in the screws enough to hold the toy together, um, which is weird. It's only on the ratcheting joints. A lot of the other screws were, were held together super tight so I, I don't really get it it feels like a decision born from a bunch of figures i never messed with uh he comes with a bunch of extra parts he comes with an alternate face 
and he's like the poster child for what I hate about alternate faces because like I don't like it when you have to unscrew the head to swap the faces right or swap heads on him you got to remove the screw from the back of his head then you have to tear so then his helmet comes apart in two pieces then you remove the face so I'm like I'm already removing the helmet but I have to remove a screw to do it and I'm looking over at Make Toys Despatron where you just pull the helmet off and then pull the face off and put a new one on slap the helmet back down and I'm like learn from your from your peers or something like I I don't like unscrewing stuff to swap faces it just feels like a waste of time on the bright side he also comes with a matrix on a chain and it's pretty darn good uh, it, it fits him quite well, and it's uh, it's not too big. The chain has uh, got slim links, so they don't look too huge on an action figure. Uh, he also comes with two cannons, so you can have him with a translucent cannon or a solid orange cannon. Uh, I really wanted to like the translucent cannon, but it because it, the cannon does a little bit of transforming, it kind of ends up just showing too much of what's going on inside for me. Um... But anyway, the, the robot mode's pretty good. Uh, it's, there's a ton of die cast on these figures. And uh, the, the joints work pretty well. Uh, the only thing that's really missing is like a, a mid-torso joint. Uh, there's not much room for one. But what's weird is I think there could have been one if the organization of engineering in his stomach was slightly different. Uh, the only problem, really major problem I have with the robot mode is I feel like the ratchets on his shoulders are somewhat misaligned. So it's like where you would want to have, say, his shoulders both sticking out 45 degrees. The way the teeth line up is one shoulder's, like, sticking out 44, and the other one's sticking out, like, 46. And it's just enough for me to keep blinking at it and going, like, am I seeing something weird? Um, his transformation is pretty intense. Uh, once you've done it, it's not all that hard. Um, there's just a very specific order in which you have to do some things, because the, the clearances are insanely tight on his torso. The thing about the transformation that's a bit unpleasant is that the transformation doesn't take into account that your hands are made of flesh and bone. So there are a lot of things where you kind of need a spudger or you're going to hurt yourself. Um, okay. You know, like a, like a flat tool. Uh, luckily, I got the DX9 Gewalt, uh the DX9 Blitzwing, who comes with the DX9 tool, which is this little thing. It looks like an axe, but it's basically a hook poker spudger combo tool, which is fantastic. It's the best thing for Sovereign because like Sovereign's uh, chest plate folds down but there's nowhere to grab hold of it without trying to jam your fingernails in and it's a die cast piece with die cast tabs holding it in that are a lot tougher than your fingernails are so uh, this toy kind of requires a spudger at least for the first few transformations I don't know if he's going to ease up at all over time uh, if you have one, then it's fine. And it's not like the transformation is going to fight you once you're able to use that thing. There are just, there's these two steps in the shoulders that I worry about whether the toy is going to survive them a whole lot if they don't loosen up soon. You have to pull his, his shoulder assembly down from where it's connected to those boxes on, on top of his shoulders. And you got to pull pretty goddamn hard to get it loose. And you're pulling on a ratchet joint. And so I'm like, I hope this isn't going to wreck the spring. And then that whole assembly then has to tab into something like kind of snap tab into the inside of his torso. And you got to the first time it's, it's gotten better. But the first time you got to push really hard and you got to make sure when you're pushing hard to get it to snap in there that you're not having them on your desk because then you're going to start pushing down. And then while you're doing that, his legs will explode open because they open up for the transformation. All those hinges will open up while you're exerting pressure downwards, and it's you gotta watch a video. Uh, 
The topper to all this is my copy didn't include his instructions. I don't really care. No. But I went to look up an unboxing of him because I was like, D -d does fans toys not include instructions with their complicated toys? Because that seems insane. Uh, and it turns out I just I just got a copy that didn't have his instruction book. And that's like, whatever. It's I would have watched a video anyway, but like at least throw me that bone. Uh, the cannon mode is pretty neat, except for this thing where the arms are the arms that connect to the little tank treads, and they never stop looking like Galvatron's arms. So if you look at his, his, his cannon mode, instead of, like, you know, tripod legs connecting to the tank treads, it's just Galvatron's arms connecting to the tank treads. And they do a lot of transforming uh, as far as getting the tank treads down there, and there's a really clever thing where the wrists are on a hinge that synchronize with a hinge on the armature running down the back of his arms with the, with the treads attached. I'm just like, if there if you had one more step where his arms then, like, split in half and folded back to, like, flatten out a little bit, I would have really appreciated that. I just feel like, for all that this toy is doing, he's really let down by how little his arms transform. Uh, the cannon mode itself is fine. There's, they even, they very adorably tried to put wheels on the undersides of the treads and along that gray thing tailing off the back, even though, like, the wheels are smooth. They'll never catch anything. One of them is too small to even move inside of its seating. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that you put them here so I can say there are spinning wheels. I find, especially even on Transformers, where they those wheels are both mostly just anti-scratch wheels. Yeah. They're just there so you don't screw up the really good uh, parts of the toy. It's like they're there because people complain when they're not. <laughs> but I'm like, this is this is one of those quite, those times where I, I started going like, to the people who complain, do you actually use the wheels? Or do you just want them to be there? And often it's just, I want them to be there. It's like with people who want to get a, comp like, they want to get a toy like this. There are people who bought this Sovereign toy who are like, ah, Transformation's terrible. Alt mode doesn't look all that great. But I bought him for the robot mode, so he's just going to stay a robot. And I'm like... Would you have maybe bought this if it was eighty bucks less and didn't transform? And often the answer is no, because I want it. I want to know it's able to transform. And I'm like, that's such an interesting psychological aspect of our fandom in particular, because I get that too. Or I'm like, oh, I like this. I'm gonna leave it in this one mode forever, but I want to know it can do the other modes. I just don't want to use them, but they have to be there, unused. And it's like that's it's a really weird headspace. Anyway, Fans Toy Sovereign's fine. Um. I, I, I kind of, I, I like him in general. I never messed with DX9 Tyrant. I'd still like to at some point. I'm hoping I can get somebody's regret sales DX9 Tyrant this year for super cheap. But uh, there's some parts of Sovereign I think could have gone better. But for the first Fans Toys thing I've messed with since since their second release ever, uh, it was it was pretty nice. And I, I've, I've read things about like their Hound and, and their Kickback where I'm like, I was a little trepidatious about this Galvatron. Uh, also, because a lot of, not a lot of, but there there is a loud part of the fans' toys uh, sub fandom who love the toys without often explaining concisely why, and it's a lot like there there are a lot of people who do that with like NECA who are like everything NECA puts out is the best toy ever released, and I'm like I don't think NECA toys are bad, but I feel like you are in a fandom for this toy company. And I don't feel like you're going to tell me anything useful if I ask you why they're good. So I'm looking forward to seeing if Fans Toys does uh, Cyclonus and or Scourge as well. But for now, like I just, I've been I've really been waiting for someone to do a good Galvatron 
that I really like the look of in both modes. And so it's this one. This one hits it for the most part. The cannon mode suffers a bit, but it's, it's neat to just have a Galvatron where I don't feel like I'm making up excuses for it for something. Uh, finally. <laughs> so that's my my ongoing weird little foray into the masterpiece alike sub conversation of our third party forum. Uh, and that also does it for my what I got this week in general. Um, Aaron, do you have anything else you got this week? On topic? No. Off topic? Yeah. No. Oh. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> he had me going for a second there. I was really excited. Uh, TJ, did you get anything else this week you want to talk about? Uh, I can I can wrap up on one big thing. All right. Uh, I got my DX Buggle Driver. Oh, um, okay. Uh, how do I put this? It was this? a reaction. If you have not watched Common Rider Exaid yet, we're going to spoil stuff up to episode 13, possibly. Yeah, up so to 13. go do it now. If you want to watch the show untouched and you haven't yet, stop the podcast. Because I was in your position until last week. And I caught word of a thing, and I kind of had to go and marathon through the show. Uh, but you know what? It's I actually think it's a pretty good show. Gets moving. The friggin' the buggle driver, though. The whole tour release, that whole thing. Uh-huh. It's nuts. Cause, yeah. So is this you buying an electronicless belt buckle for another toy? <laughs> or are they selling it as a package deal now? Oh, it's a package deal. Okay, okay. But as far I, as I... I Okay, for, so for the uninformed, okay, they released a toy early on for X8 called uh, the Bug Visor, yeah. which is this this handheld like wrist mounted device that the villains use. And, and, and the, well, this thing sells, and you ship it from Japan, and you mm -hmm. get it. Yeah. Two months later. Two months they, later. Two months later, they release the exact same toy. With a new buckle, a belt strap, and a gas jet you can only get with this toy that turns the whole thing into a henshin belt. Or, if you bought that one before, and two months later, they sell a large box with an electronicless buckleless belt and a little electronic thing. And if I had to pay shipping on that by itself, I probably would have been mad. <laughs> Here's the thing. I haven't seen that option. Because I know I saw an unboxing of it out of Japan. I don't know. And I, 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 keep, to... I keep an eye on, like, HLJ and AmiAmi for this kind of stuff, and I have not seen an option for just, like, straight up just buying the buckle and the gashat. Like, I'm, I'm glad it's a package deal now, whatever the case. But, like, cause I, I think I saw, like, it might have been K2Azo or something, like a video where someone opened up a box, and the box was the egg carton stuff with belt, like, just belt buckle pieces and the gashat electronic mm -hmm. thing and i was like that's it that's what's in the box <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but yeah it's uh it, it's so it's another one of those transformation belts but it makes cool noises and it's got a handheld option which is pretty neat i will say like it's it's got versatility to spare and it makes as far as like a package deal it makes space invader noises it, yeah like that's the standby noise when you're about to transform Mm -hmm. And then the friggin' thing it's connected to in the show is, like, one of the coolest suits I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And, like, you, you can't even talk about it without spoiling most of the first I know, opening I know. story arc. 
but friggin the guy who turns out to be so th- there's a dark version of the main character who's mm-hmm. the mysterious dark exade and then you think he's somebody but then you find out he's a completely different somebody and then he friggin drops this fresh now my thing's a belt buckle technology while murdering a main character and then it's like goddamn cool uh also it's it's like as a television show in this genre uh that plot got moving like there was two and a half episodes of like intro and toy commercial and like toy commercials still happen but the plot didn't wait to let you look at any of them yeah this thing bustles along yeah like i feel i i'm looking at like uh the next couple months of Gashat releases and it's all like writer stuff. So it's like they've got all of like well, we gotta get all the toy stuff out of the way, and now we're just going to hit the plot running. And what's great is despite dropping like a new toy almost every episode, they contextualized all of it into the plot, and the the show barely ever stopped to go like, by the way, this is a new toy. Like they kept dropping these new Gashat uh things you stick into the belts and with each of those half the time it was like oh here's a little robot that we're selling that you can attach to the action figures but they they've hardly ever stopped the show to show you any of it it's just like Mm -hmm. they were they were in the show but the show was like yeah and i'm doing my own thing i'm moving the plot keep up uh so it's it's pretty cool show it's also like the visuals are ridiculous but like the show is leaning into it and it's not ashamed of it at all no no uh visually aggressive is the way i would I describe it. Yeah, whereas we've talked about Common Rider Gaim before, which is another really good Common Rider show where the aesthetic was like fruit armor. And like as much as the show wore that aesthetic well, there were plenty of times where the show also kind of felt like and we got to have friggin' fruit armor while it's doing <laughs> stuff. Common Rider Exade is like we're going to have goofy like squat to weird to bright 90s colorful video game nonsense, but the whole show is like and I love it. Yeah. And it's like okay. I, well, that's the like the fruit thing in Gaim, I feel like kind of went to the back burner at some point to the point where you don't even notice it anymore. Yeah, it's just like it just kind of blends through and they're just wearing this loud, clanky samurai armor. X8 is just does not let you forget. Like the fact that every time someone drops a hissa, it's a big finishing move. It's like, all right, diagonal split screen, giant words across the screen. Yeah, we're not doing this only in episode one. We're actually doing this every episode. And yeah, I'm like, you're, yeah. It looks like it looks like you just threw an ultimate in a Street Fighter game. And then like the the hit effects again, something I thought maybe would only be in episode one. It's like no, every time someone gets hit, instead of having like just you know a, a, a spark squib go off on the suit, we're also putting in a giant cartoony hit icon. Every time someone takes an impact in the show, even when the plot's heavy. Yeah. And like it's it's a it's a pretty darn good show. I'm I'm very happy I started watching it now. But now I'm stuck like there are no new episodes and I'm stuck with all the rest of you lot watching them week by week and I might just wait a little while again. Uh so I can take them in maybe five to ten episodes at a time, because I can't deal with watching this thirty minutes at a time. There's the plot's too fast. <laughs> I kind of hit that same thing, and then they end up killing off a main writer. It's like, no, I can't wait anymore. I got to see these as they come. Yeah, but that's it for spoilers. We can't see any more spoilers because also we need to convince Aaron to watch it. <laughs> but yeah, the the toy itself, uh, extremely versatile, really fun to play with. 
because it has all the it has all the in, independent functions and then it has all the functions of a writer belt it's it it works really well i love the way they hid that though like when i went to look back on the reviews of when they released just the bug visor itself without the belt buckle mm-hmm. and it's like oh yeah those are the two there's two mounting points on the bottom of it because you you're supposed to attach it to this grip so it's like you plug into the left hole and it's a gun. Plug into the right hole and it's a little chainsaw. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Secretly, the belt buckle plugs into both holes. And I'm like, well, that's a trick they've used before. But never this brazenly hidden in plain sight. Right, right. Because uh, so, when it comes to things like that, you kind of have to be a mad scientist to figure out all the little hidden tricks that some of those things do. Yeah. And even then, like, I saw someone from way back who was like, hey, I figured out how to hit both buttons. Now it's making weird noises. But I don't know what any of them mean. <laughs> it's like, I hit these two buttons and now it's screaming genocide at me. What did I do? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and uh, that belt came with, like, all the gashes that I've compiled for the last two months at HLJ, which uh, finished off with the mighty... Spoiler, more, uh, the one that just showed up. Yeah, the, the, yeah this, you know, what's spoiler? It's just, it's the new gashat. They drop them in the show every now and then. That's yeah. All. That's yeah, all. yeah, it's not like this one's uh, different in any way. Yeah, it's just, it makes more noises. Uh, I will tell you, like, I'm trying to be very vague. You know the one I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's cool because it's a light. It's a or I mean, it's a mirror box you stick inside the mirror box. Yeah, yeah. It's this one. Yeah, this this is a, a somewhat fatter one of these things you stick in the belt. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. T- yeah. So typically the belt takes two of them. This fills up both slots at the same time. And yeah, they're doing all these tricks with mirror boxes, which is super cool to see on a toy in 2017. Yeah, because yeah, they use that mirror box to display any image and any color they want. So the Gashat can pretty much display anything in the core of the belt, which is a cool trick. This is slotting in a mirror box to go to project into the mirror box. So now it's not projecting a light. It's projecting like a sticker image. And it's doing that because it has another trick where it swaps images Mm. in order to show the in order to show the the change in the effect yeah i want to really cool trick i want to see them just i want them to keep stacking up mirror boxes <laughs> until eventually it's just playing a little animation like the the shinkenger sword it's like <laughs> well well here's the thing it's like the <laughs> you almost get like this infinite tunnel effect with this one as it is because mm-hmm. you're looking through the box of the belt, and then you're looking through the box of the gashat, and like friggin' mirrors, man. Like mirrors and angles and the play of light is a very interesting science that can often, just through yeah. a, a sense of ignorance, can come off looking pretty darn magical. Oh yeah, because there's no moving parts inside the gashat. Like when it switches images, all it's doing is changing which LED is shining—the one in front of the mirror, or the one behind the mirror. Yeah, it's like that old Star Trek Next Generation transporter room playset, where it would just change the light. There's like a two-way mirror, and it would shine different lights to make it look like your to- your figures were disappearing inside the transporter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm having fun spectating all of those Exe toys. <laughs> um, oh, I, I'm thoroughly hooked, so I'm I will be reporting. Excellent. But yeah, that's about it for my. Big stuff. Alrighty. Well, let's uh, let's close up there. We've we've turned into a long episode, but you know, plenty of toys. It's one of them one of them weeks. Uh, so we'll be back with another episode of WTF and TFW shortly, 
or Longley, you know, whatever. We'll have another episode, man. And uh, we're about a month out from the whole bunch of Toy Fair talk. So get ready for you guys. Get ready for a gigantic list of image links. <laughs> oh, boy. And uh, hopefully someone can compile those for me. <laughs> I might bother the news staff because I hate making those myself. It's a lot of work. But it's actually not a lot of work. It's just busy work. Mm-hmm. And you and don't got time for busy work? I love I love fobbing busy work off on other people if I can. But yeah, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, have a good one.